Hey, how's it going? Hey, can you see me? I can. Can you see me? No, ma'am. Okay, hang on just a sec. There we go. Bam! There you are. How you doing, champ? Oh, good. I'm just home for Easter, so I'm currently in my parents' basement. It is, um, these are some strange times. So you can, can you travel in, like, what's it like over there in terms of lockdown? Uh, we can't really travel outside Canada at all unless you do it for a job. Yeah. Um, in Saskatchewan, I mean, you can, you can travel from province to province, but you'll get shamed for it so much that it's not a good idea. Yeah. Um, I think some people from Saskatoon just did that for a YouTube show and they're getting so much hate, like they drove to BC for it. It is nuts. Like, um, so they're starting to do, like, this is like straight up a movie where they have checkpoints now in provinces were, and they're even, so they'll stop people being like, why are you leaving the province? Why are you entering the province? And some people are really, like, yeah, that's what I've seen in the news. I don't know where. And they have like some people being stopped being like, like, where are you going? And it feels like this is like weird for Western nations to feel this where it's like, you know, people are taught like this feels like Nazi Germany style where the government's going to stop you and be like, what are you doing? Why are you out and about? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Where are you right now? I'm in Guelph, like just outside of Toronto. Okay, that must be pretty crazy over there. It's, I mean, it's definitely not usual. It's like me, it's it's gotten to the point where um, if we, like me and a buddy go for a walk, there's there's like police around that can find you if you're like together in a park and stuff like that. Like a thousand dollar fine. Really? Yeah. What do you mean? I thought it was 10 or more though. Um... I think you're not even allowed to be in, like, public parks and stuff, like playgrounds and stuff. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we don't have that here. And, I mean, let's be real. Sask is so spread out. Um, you can go for a run or a walk anywhere and still be pretty distanced from people. How many people live there? Uh, in all of Saskatchewan, there's a million people. In Saskatoon, where I am right now, there's about 300,000. Yeah, okay. That's not so bad. That's still not But small. you're still allowed to go to the dog park and stuff, and there's a lot of people there at once. See, it's weird. We can't do that. We can't go to the yeah. dog park. You will be fined. You really? Will be, yeah, yeah. And in Toronto, it's like up to $5,000 for a fine, too. It's not small. So people are, like, getting stopped if you're even, like, at a dog park or whatever, in like a, or a playground or something, and you can get a $1,000 fine for this offense up to $5,000. That's not cheap. So it's... That's not exactly. These are some strange times. And are you now able, like, are you training right now? Yes, I am. I got a home gym set up, and I have downstairs neighbors, so they probably hate me. I just recently set it up. Did my first session two days ago. Yeah. Um, I don't know how my landlord's going to feel about it, but you can't evict people right now anyways. So, <laughs> so is this, so is it, like, this is an apartment building then? Yeah, it's, a, it's actually a huge house that's divided up into um, six, 700-foot uh, suites. Okay. But it's completely separate, so it's like an apartment. And you set up in your neighbor's basement like your home gym? In my, my apartment. Not in the basement. It's on the floor, but it's right underneath the I-beam, I think. Oh, so I'm thinking it should be okay. I don't know what to do. I know. It's so crazy. I see videos of people like in apartment buildings, like I think Leah Babois from France. Yes, I saw that too. I was thinking about the structure of that because she lives in an apartment, doesn't she? Yeah, like a true like apartment it. building. It looks like it. And, and people are like, 
how were her neighbors and the people underneath her? Because she's she can shift some weight. Oh yeah, like she's not. You know, these these aren't the small weights she's shifting. She's deading into the four hundred. So yeah, man. And then I also saw um, Naomi Alibert, also from France, and she's like training inside her. I, I don't know if it's an apartment or a house or whatever, but when she's deadlifting, it's like a three second on the way down, totally controlled. So it looks like. She's like trying super hard to let it down softly, and I'm like, God damn, that is gonna catch up to you quick. But you got to make do with whatever you got. Oh yeah, exactly. Especially in Europe, where they have such um, cramped together living quarters. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Even I deadlifted 485. That's what I got up to the other day for like doubles, and it was hard. My hands hurt from holding on so hard. Because and I, I did. I dropped one rep. Like, I full-on dropped it, and it was loud. <laughs> it was middle of the day, though. Like, I'm not lifting at 5 in the morning no. like a crazy person. But I'm trying my best to be respectful that way. But still, it's not ideal. It is so... This, these are strange times, man. And it's weird because you hear, like, some people are optimistic, and they're like, well, May 1st, you know, we'll get through April, and we should be good. And other people are like, there's no freaking way, May 1st. No. In my opinion, uh, just because I think Canada is doing a pretty good job at flattening the curve, I think it's going to last longer for us. That's what I think. You think so? I do. Like, I think it's going to be June before everything is fully lifted. I would be surprised. I mean, I think some regulations are going to be lifted by then, but I don't think all of them will. Yeah. Just because it's spreading slower here. It's so Especially where I am in Sask. It's spreading like, how, slow. It, how many cases you guys got? Uh... Think just over two hundred now. Oh, that's not too bad. Like it's not no, bad. it's not too bad. Like it spreads slow here because we have less population. So and everyone is being, they're shaming each other for going out. Isn't it crazy? So it's good. I got people. <laughs> You'll get hate. On King of Lists, I got people messaging me being like, "Should you post people who are training in gyms?" But I don't know the situation of the gym. Like everything all around the world, there's different regulations. Like we're in the same country, but Canada's massive. So what's going on over, like, like for instance, we get fined if we're in a playground. But you guys are getting fined if you're in a playground. So the rules are different within the same country. And um, so when I see, like, someone in a gym and, um, and they're, you know, I might repost. And people are like, should you be reposting? Is it encouraging the wrong thing? I'm like, I don't know where these people are at. What's the regulations? Are they going against regulations? They're, like, healthcare professionals. And I think it's called epidemiologists. You probably know the name of the people who like work in the field when it comes to viruses etc who work with the the local government whether it's a state or province and they're making the calls what's shut down what's not so these people are in a section of the world wherever they're at and they're like you can go to the gym just no more five people or you can go to then what the shit who am i to be like i'm not going to repost if like people are actually experts in the field telling the government this is the protocol we should have and then these people are allowed to then I guess they're allowed to. I don't know. And, and I don't know if they're or if they're sneaking into a gym. But how the hell did you do that? Exactly. Well, that's the thing, too. A lot of lifters own gyms, so it's really hard to tell what they're doing with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then that sort of thing. Like, I actually have a couple good friends who have a, an insanely awesome powerlifting gym in North Battleford, which is a town of about 15,000 people. And I haven't posted the workouts I've done there just because... I don't want to make it seem like I'm still yeah. sneaking into a gym, even though it's their own gym. It's crazy that this is what it is now, though. You get shamed. 
Yeah, you do. Especially here too. Like you say that thing about the playgrounds, but if someone brought their kids to a playground, I'm pretty sure the neighbors would come out and be like, "Yo, get the fuck out of here," kind of thing. (laughs) Like it'd be like, pretty much. I I work at Walmart, so I see this all the time. Like people rip each other apart. Like one little cough, even if you have COPD or something like that, and other people will be like, "You shouldn't be in the store. Get the heck out of the store." Like. I uh, don't know. It's tough. What's it like now working? Like, cause you have to still work. But you, you like. I mean, it's weird. I was gonna use a term. You're on the front lines. It sounds like we're at a war here. But it is what people call it. So you are actually working, um, dealing with the public day in day out. What's it like now going into work? Is it the shutdown where only so many people can go into the store and they have to be a certain social dis- distance back? And like, what's it like for you guys? Yeah, like, I mean, I work, I'm a community pharmacist, and I work at Walmart, so uh, it is, there are a lot of people still going in and out, but we've limited the number of people who are allowed into the store, which means once they hit about 150 people, we have to kind of cattle call people and put up the metal railings and make them stand six feet apart and wait to get into the store and stuff like that. Um, and in the pharmacy, too, it's hard because they all gather at the till, so I have to be like, sir get back in the line and if they're really old you have to shout like get uh, we're social distancing (laughs) and we have plexiglass to to separate us from people um it's mostly just hard when someone asks you a question over the counter or i've had some doctors who've decided to um send patients our way to do injections and stuff like that which for the most part i've said no to and even new medications that require a lot of counseling, it's kind of tough and I wish doctors would stop or maybe see their patients to do that because they've been sending them our way in the pharmacy. That's, that's, man, that's some shiesty shit. When you're like, it oh, is. you don't want to do it yourself, so you're going to get me to do it? Is that what Exactly, yeah. Oh, wow. So I like, I mean, there's been a couple people who've had really necessary injections, so I've just put on the mask and gloves and then... Um, get them to put on a mask and ask them to look away and stuff and still mm-hmm. do their injection. And then you got to sterilize the whole room after, like soak it in uh, one type of cleaner and then alcohol. And there's a protocol for that. You got to gasoline the room and light a match. Man. Well, that's, well, that's <laughs> Pretty much. we got to move. We're running out of rooms here. Yeah, it's crazy time. If you, I was talking to a buddy of mine, um, cause I try to maintain a somewhat like it's it's big for me to get some kind of socialization, right? Like I'm a social dude. The podcast yeah. is good. Podcast is good. Social media is good. But um, I gotta get out of the house too, cause you get crazy. Like I'm working from home. Uh, you can like lift weights at home, whatever the hell. But if you don't get up out the house and walk for a little bit, or like go with a friend and walk around a little bit, like are you getting out the house and actually being outside a little bit as much as possible and seeing other people? Or, or I guess with your job, you do see the public, but it doesn't feel the same, does it? No, it doesn't. It's nice to see other people, but no, it's not the same at all. Um, I do have a really good group. We do have a really good group that we work with, though, so that's kind of nice. Yeah. That's what I don't got. So now that I'm working from home, when I was at work, I would be like, I'm the dude who's bumping from office to office and like popping my head <laughs> in and being like, Hey man, what's up? What do you what are you up to? And just shooting the shit, making up a reason to come into the office and shoot the shit and be yeah. like, I'm like that dude, right? Everyone knows that. And um now it's and, and on lunchtime, me and a few of the fellows would always go for a walk outside uh, for, and like just walk and talk and eat while we're walking and whatnot. Now we still do link up for lunch times, but 
if you if you took me last year or any of us and dropped me into 2020 and don't tell me shit just tell me tour around the city and run some errands and don't don't explain to me what's going on in 2020 you go into a fucking like i've got some gas and i walk in there and it looks like bulletproof glass and it and dude's wearing a mask gloves everybody's six feet away and you just walk in and get, get gas you're like what the shit and then you drive around town and it's like a ghost town and you drive like no, all businesses are shut down no no cars outside and you go by like a grocery store and everyone's six feet apart and there's a massive lineup you'd be like what the fuck is going on right now you know and yeah. when you walk with your friend like we were walking and we were going through a park public it's a trail and there was um, a city van that was like in the middle of like the trail so it was cutting it off like in the middle of a walking trail and it was parked okay. there and I'm like what the shit is this all about and um, we just stopped and I'm like man you just want to turn around and walk the, walk away and not pass by because this we know that they're handing out fines we're just walking together but I'm like and start he's, running he's, yeah, run <laughs> run He's got gun, gun, <laughs> I think that would be my dream to run away from someone trying to ticket me from the city. It's, I think that's like something I want to do in my lifetime. <laughs> it's, freaky, it's, it's crazy times. And if you told people, and you, um, I don't know if you if you pay attention, like do you watch UFC at all or, or familiar with it? A little bit, yeah. Okay, so this is this is how crazy shit's getting to. So the USC was the last major sporting organization to fold up and admit defeat, right? And um, so every obviously everything else, like, you know, powerlifting, all things canceled, or at the very least pushed back. Um, every other major sport. And Dana White, UFC president, was like, we're going to hold firm. And um, he's like, I got an idea. I'm going to buy – he's a billionaire, okay? This sounds like a movie. This is a, this is a cheesy freaking movie that teenage boys would get. I'm going to buy an island – and we're going to call it Fight Island. And I'm going to fly. <laughs> I'm not going to tell anybody where the island is so that he goes, so that people can't protest. So he goes, the island's going to be private. It's going to be a mysterious island we'll call Fight Island. I'm going to fly people, like collect them all over all over the U.S. and fly them in on a private plane. And they don't know where they're going. And then we're going to hold fights and have a pay-per-view. And people are like, what the shit are we talking about here? And this was going to happen until a senator um, raised her hand and is like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. This, this, isn't, this isn't a movie, sir. You can't do this. Like, you, you're, you're clearly, like, avoiding regulations and the law and, like, you're, what, you buy an island and you're a billionaire dictator on this island or something? Like, what, what are we talking about here? Yeah. Like, like, this is unreal. Why doesn't he use a boat? Oh. Well, that's what, you know, it's crazy that people start getting creative and they're like, <laughs> yeah. get a cruise ship and take it out to like uh, uncharted waters or some shit where you're off. And um, and do man, I, I'm I would not be shocked if he thought about it. If he's thinking about the island, that's but, what he should do if he's gonna do that. But <laughs> he can stay out there for how long too? Like you'd get and you'd make enough money if you could stay out there for a certain period of time yeah. before that you got arrested or some something, something like that. <laughs> if you could plan to stay out for a certain <laughs> amount of time, make. All of those fights happen, and yeah. then go back to where he came from and get in trouble for it. Because he's already, a, he's literally a billionaire. Like, the guy is, um, 
or if not, like I think he's like four hundred million dollars worth. Like that's what his net worth. He's it's, he's crazy rich, so he can he can do things like this. But so they're partners with Disney Plus and ESPN. Like not that Disney Plus shows UFC fights, but you know how these corporations work, where there's bigger net routes, like how these guys own these guys, etc. And eventually, top executives at ESPN and Disney Plus got on the phone with him and were like, my man, what the shit are you doing? This is this. Plus, why, why wouldn't it be okay if they self-quarantined for 14 days after the fight? It is interesting. Like, it is, okay. It, yeah, what would happen if you just took these people and said, a month before, self-quarantine, you, your team, we run testing all you guys. And then, and then you fight, and then a month afterwards, and then you go home. Yeah. I suppose it's setting the example for other sports, but you can't really put other sports out on a boat or an island. I mean, you could an island, but not a boat. You could do UFC on a boat, I feel. It'd be a little sketchy and weird, but you could do it. <laughs> things are getting weird if we have, like, NBA island. And like, yeah, that'd be so cool, though. And everyone just self-quarantines for 14 days. That would kind of suck, though, because... Well, if someone was sick, then the medical care is in question. It's in the big thing is they were saying is, look, it, we get it. You can do all these crazy things because you're mad rich and you can afford to do it. And like your self quarantine is going to be in a crazy mansion the whole night. Like everyone can get taken care of. But when the rest of the world is locked down, self quarantine, they're like at worst, it's like flaunting that um, you know go jog around the rules. And start doing things because you don't like it. You could kind of skip around the rules and make things happen. So other people, it sets a bad example for the rest of the population. And then they, they I actually said that's at best. At worst, somebody gets sick and then they fighters go home and then other people die that are older. Like Rose, um, Thug Rose, who was one of the fighters who was going to be on that card. She pulled out right before the UFC uh, got canceled. And she said, look, it, two people in my family died. And she's like, I can't do it. It looks terrible on me, and other people would be like, people are dying. And especially family members are dying, you're like, ah, can't a good call. Yeah, exactly. You'd almost have to sign a waiver to stay out there if someone got sick even. Yeah, well, yeah, you would have to. You'd be like, yeah. The best. You'd have to eat your own words and make it like a serious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you would. You'd have to stay out there even if someone got sick. It's Speaking of the whole, so obviously Sheffield got tanked by this. And that gutted me because I was... I was going to be the commentator, and um, I look at your face. It was so hard. I was um, it, I was so amped up for Sheffield. Um, the time that was put into it by the SBD team, and Peter Spence and me were talking like so many months out about Sheffield, and he was, it, we, you know, the closer you get, the more you're like, holy shit, this is going to be a reality. Plane tickets booked, hotel room booked. We were like, Here's what's going to happen. We're going to have VIP for the fans who got VIP packages. We're going to have like the, the athletes up there. And you you kind of preview the showdowns like you do. And you'd be like, this is so-and-so. And they're going to head, head to head with so-and-so and give them background stories. Take Q&A from the fans. And like, it was going to be so hype. I'm like, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. He's like, well, video it. That'll be live stream. Interview every single one of the athletes. You can use it for King of Lists. We'll use it for SBD. Like the, the media push. And how hyped this was going to be. It was like a legit, real sport, mainstream sport. Where we real have sport, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like where it's like, holy shit, this feels like a major event. And um, the hype behind it, the money behind it. And, and then, when, like, I, I swear to God, 
earlier in, in March, around the Arnold Classic and around Canadian Nationals. We'll talk about that in a hot second. But it was like, oh my God, uh, like this is amazing. We're so close. And, and Corona was going around, but none of us thought like, it was weird. We, it was going around, but I did not think it was going to pop like this. And then... Didn't hit yet, yeah. Not like that. And, and I remember talking to him about it, and he's like, yeah, it's bad, but it isn't that bad. And then a couple people pulled out of SBD. And, and Peter Spence called me, and he's like, um, here's the situation. Some people pulled out, and he's like, we're shooting around. We're trying to get some, some other people involved, okay? And then um, there's been a, there was a few people. We'll talk about that in a sec, too. So um, there's a few people. And I remember thinking, like, ah, man, you know, that's a shame they pulled out. But, like, I don't think it's too big a worry. And he's like, no, nah, I don't think so. I mean, we should be good. But none of us knew. And within a week, this shit blew, like, like the, what early March looked like and what late March looked like was, like, it was so quick. It, it was uh, so fast. It was it's so almost fast. if Sheffield could have been... Two weeks earlier, like the week after Canadian Nationals, I think it still could have happened. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Like everyone would have been there and it would have started blowing up. But I mean, the event's already going on is what would have happened. But it, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it gutted me too. So let's talk about, so let's talk about first off. All right, let's back it up a stitch because we haven't talked since even Sweden. Um, how was that? In terms of like, that was a massive, oh my God. That was probably the set, battle of 72s for myself was probably the best battle, the tightest battle. One through six was deep. Going in there, what were you expecting in terms of a battle? Uh, I was, I think I was expecting exactly that, that it'd be super close because, I mean, all of those, everyone who competed, there was about six people who could have meddled for sure. Yeah. And it could have went either way. Um, when everyone started missing their squats, I kind of got a bit amped up because I knew I could make my third. And actually, my coach lied to me and said it was five kilos heavier than it actually was. Why? Okay. So I would nail it. And I did. And I was so happy because I thought I hit 202 kilos, but it was, I think, 197. Oh, shit. So did he just do that? And this is Justin, right? Yeah, Justin. Yeah, he did that because he knew I would get it if I thought it was something that maybe I couldn't like the, I would have to try super super hard if you're gonna be like holy shit what are we what are we doing yeah I might die <laughs> it's um when you go into a battle like that and it is like here's the thing when it's that hype for me as a commentator I'm fucking hyped up I'm like I feel a little bit of anxiety and when you walk around in the warm-up room so there's some sessions that you see that it's like all right we got a battle between number one number two maybe a third person's relatively close in the 72s like, there's almost no room for air. And it was, when you walk around in the warm-up room, like, everybody was, like, a powerlifting star. Everybody was, like, you have, like, Kimberly Walford, world champion, Isabella Bon Weisenberg, who's, like, world champion, inter- well, uh, world record breaker, Anna Rosa Castellane, who's also, like, you know, multiple-time world champion, um, Angelina from Russia, who, like, ended up doing, holy shit, at the Europeans breaking world records, um, I mean, it was, you got yourself. It's just so stacked. Before this is going down, are you like, do you feel the nerves? Or you're like, holy shit, this is, every year is getting bigger and bigger. And this is this is the one. This is the first one in the open. Talk about an open debut. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, you just walk into the warm-up room and there's so many muscles. <laughs> it was so muscular. It was so crazy. muscular. In a word, yeah. in a word to sum it up, muscular. 
just walk, just walking around. It's intimidating seeing all these like seeing all these people throw so much weight around. But um, I, I'm I was getting excited because I mean, even getting the chance to compete against them and with them is oh, it hyped me up for sure. And I get to the point where, I mean, my first squat after the weight cut is always the one I'm the most nervous for, but then I get pretty into it and I kind of use the nerves as, as hype, I guess, to get me amped up. The night before though, do you feel like, like, I mean, oh, the 72 kilo battle in Sweden might've been one of the most hyped I've ever seen. In in terms of what, like, and it's so tight that you could shift from first to like right off the podium with one missed lift, when you're like in the battle that deep, and it's the week of, you fly into Sweden, you show up at the arena, and maybe it's not even the day of lifting, but you're looking around, you see the crowd, live streams on, night before, people are talking about 72s the next day, and shit like that, and you're getting tagged in posts and whatnot, the preview shows floating around, and the predictions, and all of that, when that's going down, are you ever like, like leading up to, not even the day of, because kind of you go into a robot and just do your thing sometimes, but leading up to, are you ever like, and you show up to, and this this tripped me out. I've never seen this before. Going around Sweden, you pass by a bus stop, and there's a poster of Isabella von Weisberg. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, I know. I know. Was... Oh, And it's like, um, like for me, I'm not, and that's someone that was in your weight class, though. So it's like, did you, it, for your first Worlds in the Open, this was like jumping right into a shark tank with somebody like Kimberly Walford, I think is probably the most um, decorated powerlifter ever. Man, woman, whatever, any weight class in like, that's who you're going against. Like, were you like, did you feel the nervousness? Were you like, holy shit, this thing's got big quick. Oh, I totally did. Yeah. Especially going up against those two. Um, but having said that, I mean, if there was anyone that I would want to be me, it'd probably be Kim and Isabella. Yeah. Because they're just, I've, I've actually, that was the first time I ever met Kim was after the competition. Whoa, really? No kidding. Yeah. So like, it's crazy. I mean, for me, I was really happy with how I did because even, I think I could have pushed my, we could have pushed my squat and maybe my deadlift a bit more, but I still think Kim had more in her. So I mean I'm I'm still really happy with how I did, but yeah I was really nervous the night before, especially about my weight cut because that one I cut I think five kilos. Oh wow! In the sauna. Your weight cutting is is like become legendary by the way. And and, and, like I gotta stop. I hate it. I hate it so much. It's it's become it's become (laughs) legendary. And when I look back at um, when I visit like the warm up room um, before it's about to start, and like man, like I'm, I'm. I know I'm harping on it, but it's crazy. I feel like the jitters and the butterflies in my stomach. I'm just commentating. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what you guys feel, but I feel like, holy shit, this is going to be a battle. And when I walk into the warm-up room and I feel like everyone knows that feeling of something big's about to happen and you don't know what's going to happen and, and it could lead, this story can unfold any which way. This story can go a million different ways and you feel that in your stomach. And I remember walking into the warm-up room and like, yeah, full disclosure, I'm Canadian. People call me out. They're like, hey, man, you know, you, 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 you give a big push to Jessica. But on the flip side, I give a big push to like Russell and them too. They're American. But anyways. Yeah, you do. You do. So yeah, that's, right. that's right. They like to call me out. But anyways, they're mostly just busting my chops. But when I go into the warm-up room, I remember seeing you like on the floor. And they were, you had like muscle cramping. And you were like, they were like working some muscles out on you. Because you, you were 
mad dehydrated. Like, what is this weight? What is this wake up procedure and what actually happens to your body? Because it was like, I remember thinking, people were like, is she going to be all right? Is she going to be 100%? Oh my God, she always has been. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It usually works out. Usually, yeah, usually. <laughs> um, I mean, my procedure, I water load really hard for like a week before, I guess, or more. And then I, um, I usually cut most of my weight in the sauna and sometimes go for a jog if I have to or go on one of those rotating stair climber things yeah. and then I usually saran wrap myself yes yeah like underneath all that it works like, it's wrestling style yeah 100% like I, get that saran wrap out be that weirdo in the sauna <laughs> like it's, it fucking works it's so bizarre when I saw that I was like what the shit happened did she fall down and roll into something what is going what is going on with this but yeah so do you like saran wrap your whole body or like how much of your what is that well, I try, like, anything that's cramping or sore or possibly injured, I don't because you get some, I mean, it probably dehydrates certain body parts more than others, like the ones that use saran wrap, but even for a little bit. But, yeah, most most of my body, as much as I can, and I cover it in a couple sweaters and go sit in the sauna for a bit. And then my diabetes is a whole nother wrench in it because if my sugars are too high, I won't sweat. I'll just feel like throwing up for a really long time. Oh, wow. But if they're too low... I might die. So it's really not the best thing for diabetes. And it's not the best thing for diabetes, but it's just something that I, I think, I mean, I keep a really close track of it. And it's one of those things that I think is worth the risk. Yeah. I mean, my mom would, my mom would hate to say that she, she hates it, but. Well, I bet, I bet she's got to be, it, it is. So I've contemplated this, like, you know, the weight classes and powerlifting are big enough. In between 83 kilo men and 93 kilo men's 10 fucking kilo. That's 22 pounds. So it's not like, oh, I have a hard time, um, you know, making the 83 kilo cut. We'll just go up a weight class. Well, it's not like what I am at 83 and what I'll be at 93. Who can put on 22 pounds of quality muscle? Because there's a lot of diminishing gains. Yourself, it's 12 kilo. 72 to 84 is a fucking massive ask that's you're not even the same human being it's not even like well just why doesn't she just go up a weight class it's like where are you gonna put on like 25 pounds of like quality muscle mass like it's not gonna be it's a huge ask and i've thought about if you just change the weight classes a little like history could be different if you just were like all right we're gonna have a 77 kilo class we're gonna have you know how different history could be for like a lot of people just, they just, like, out of nowhere decided 72 kilo. And then 84 kilo. What if they decided differently in history? A lot of things Yeah, be Because that's, that's such a huge jump, right? And that's that's for me, too. Um, when I'm... The choice between 72 and 84 is such a tough one. Because if I was to be a legit 84, I'd want to be walking around at 200 pounds. Holy shit. Probably. <laughs> well... Not 200, but maybe like 195. And I don't really want to walk around at 195. (laughs) I mean, I was 80 kilos at Christmas and I was already having trouble controlling my blood sugars and everything like that when I gain weight like that. Um, And I seem to be just as strong when I weigh lighter and it's better for my diabetes over the long term. I only have that one competition day where it's a little sketchy, but yeah, um, yeah, it just, that's, that's big. Like, 
I don't know if I want to be walking around at 195, you know? That is, like, it, it's a massive ask, obviously. Like, that's a, you, it, it's a complete yeah. changer. Like, that's not small. That'll change so many aspects of your life. It would be, like, what do you walk around at right now in pounds? In pounds? Um, oh, that's a tough one. I think well, I'm 176 right now. Okay. Oh, see, I mean, 195, 200, you'd be a whole nother... Yeah, I'm I'm already on the thicker side for me at the moment right now. So I don't know, gaining 20 pounds on that, who knows? Yeah. Do you think, like, would you even consider going up? Like, do you have certain goals you want to hit as a 72? And then eventually you're like, all right, I'm good. I'll go up to 84, even as a small 84, whatever happens, happens. Because eventually, because here's the, the byproduct of lifting weights is, is muscle mass. And the problem is you are lifting more and more weights, heavier, heavier weights every flipping year. And eventually it's like, man, I'm just getting more and more muscular. This is going to be tougher, tougher, tougher. That's what's happening right now. I'm barely a 72. I'm going to have to really grind for it this year if Worlds actually happens in September because I'm tending up towards 78, 80 kilos uh, (laughs) just as an average weight now. And I'm fairly lean too. So, I mean, at that weight, it's kind of tough to shave off anymore. Yeah. Do you do, like, do you have a nutritionist that you work with? In, like counting calories, macros, and like get down to that? Uh, no, I do that myself, but I've been thinking about taking on some nutrition coaching just as a change up. Because mm-hmm. yeah, you, you would have to I usually do the opposite of what most people do. Most people go high carb, low fat, and yeah. like moderate protein, but I go lower carb, higher fat. Oh, wow. Is that, so, why is that? Is that specific? Because your diet's going to be different. In terms of like diabetes and the whole nine, like if you went with a coach, it couldn't be just like somebody who it would have to be a legit nutritionist, like Lane Norton level type. Because you can't just hop in there and be like, oh well, I'll go with so and so who's like gym bro science, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, there's a guy in Saskatoon. His name's Mark Morris, and he has his PhD in nutrition. I think he would be a good one to go with. Yeah. yeah so that would probably be my choice. Yeah. He has a really good book. It's called The Way of the Weigh-In, and that's what I've based a lot of my weight cutting after, although I'm breaking some of his rules, too, even, so. Hey, man. <laughs> I was, we, yeah. It's okay. We're, we're so far out from a competition right now. Like, in terms of my lifestyle, I am, I'm like, look, I got to drink less. This is, what are we doing? What are we, oh, I know. I, yes, it's I gotta, like, it's too uh, easy right now. And then uh, I remember I seen Maria T., um, she posted a pic of her going in the fridge or whatever, and the fridge goes, you again. What are you, what are you, what are you doing back here? Like, yeah. See you too much. It's so easy now. You're stuck at home. What are you going to do? The fridge is right there. You're not busy out and about doing things. Oh, yeah, exactly. I know. It's like uh, too many quarantinis and half-pound Reese cups. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And it's, um, I wonder, too, if... Like, however long this goes, obviously it impacts us all, like, whatever, economically, the whole nine. But in terms of lifters, if there's lifters who don't have, like, access to weights, it's going to be a shakeup. Like, do you, is there any big name lifters that you've seen that don't have access to weights? Trying to um, I feel like some of your 83 kilo boys, like, I know Taylor Atwood has, doesn't he have his own, he has a gym he, he works out at, doesn't he own one? You know what? I don't know. I don't think he owns one, but he might have access where like the owner's like, it'll be yours. I got some shit at home I could do. So basically it's yours. Right. But I don't think he owns one because I think he's in the financial sector for a day job. 
Okay. But there are, like, there are some, there's rumors of some bigger name people who don't have access. I think the 83 kilo boy is, is, is going to be a shakeup. There could, man. There could. I mean, I might move from the Masters to the Open and be like, how you like me net? <laughs> oh, the, the super, the heavyweights for sure. Like anything. Oh, yeah. Like 105s, one and anything above. If someone doesn't have access to a gym, they're absolutely fucked. Can you imagine because... Ray Williams lived above you in a hotel and this man is trying to squat above you or some shit? <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, my man, you're going to make an appearance on my couch soon. It, right through the floor with, with 500 kilo. I can't imagine, man. It'd be crazy. Yeah. Oh, my God. That'd be so scary. Especially because he dropped. What did he drop? Like 800, 900 yeah, pounds? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. That's it, a scary photo. If he could have died. If you were the landlord and you seen all these kilo plates going into the building, you'd be like, my man, can we chat? What the fuck? Dude, like, can, can we chat? I mean, I can't evict you, but can we chat? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't evict you, and I share a shit and not getting in your face. But we need to have a conversation here. What is going on, <laughs> yeah. on, the, on the 11th floor? Like, holy smokes. Um, after, so after the, the World Championships, and you ended up, you took a silver. Um, so you were pleased with the performance and how everything went, right? Yeah, I was. But at the same time, uh, I still you still always want more out of it. Yeah. All the time. End up going to Commonwealths after that as a lighter 84. And that was actually so much fun. I was not looking forward to that meet because I wasn't very prepared. I wasn't very motivated. And then that one lit my fire again after. Um, it's a good time. I had people hit me up being like, is she an 84 now? I'm like, I don't think so. And I think, no. that, was, I think that was wishful thinking by some people. I'm like, yeah, you, you wish you moved to 84. Yeah, Joey Fleck keeps messaging me, being like, hey, man, you should be an 84. And I'm like, why? Is just so I can lose to Amanda and Danny? Like, get yeah, fucked. Yeah. You're a coach. Like, I know exactly where you're going with that one, buddy. <laughs> like, were you trying to collect scouts, man? Go pick a fight somewhere else. I'm, I'm, I'm a good 72 right now. You know what? I think Joey hit me up. I think it was him who asked me, is she going 84? I'm like, Joey, man, she's good. Relax, man. She was like, what did you weigh in for Commonwealth? It wasn't even that heavy. It was like still... Under 80 kilos. 77? Seven. Yeah. Which, yeah. Is, which is nothing crazy at all. That's usual. Yeah, that's like my average weight. I'm pretty sure I'm 77 today. Yeah, yeah. that's all right. So, that, so then going into the Canadian Nationals, it, was the body weight still around that? Like how drastic was, was that weight cut and what were you expecting? Worst weight cut of my life. Oh, wow. Worst one of my life. Um, and you know what? I almost gave up on it. If what? not for the fact, I, I almost gave up. Like the day of, I almost gave up because it was so bad. Um, I didn't have time to water load because of work. Like as a pharmacist, especially if you work the weekend, you can't just run to the bathroom every 15 minutes because there's angry people waiting for prescriptions. Yeah. Um, so I didn't get a chance to water cut like I normally do. Plus, I was already on the heavier side. Um, I had went to New Zealand about six weeks out and it turns out I mean I was watching my diet but calories do count in New Zealand um <laughs> I had way too many chicken wings when I was there they're so good though yeah oh hell yeah um <laughs> and uh yeah it just sucked so bad I okay so my weigh-in was at 3 p.m I, uh, we got up early to go to the gym to go to the sauna, and I weighed 77 kilos that day. Oh, wow. 
So you were yeah, like, like seventy seven five when I woke up. Oh shit! I yeah. I hate that. I've done that, and that feeling. I had like that happened to me once. Had a actually maybe it was fucking Joey Flex who was coaching me. And it was <laughs> we got full circle, and um, I had a full on mental breakdown, and I messaged him like. I'm fucking 10 pounds over. And this was, I think I, I weighed in at like 8 in the morning and I woke up at like 4. And so you're already tired. I'm like, Joey, what the fuck? He's like, relax, we're good. I'm like, nah, it's up, man, it's over. It's over. It's not going to happen. And he's, he's like, get in the tub. We're all right. And it was like, it was, it's hell, man. And you, you start wondering, because you know when you're at the bottom of that weight cut, how you feel is, you're like, you feel terrible. You're like, if I feel like this, after I weigh in, like, that's a wrap. I don't know what the shit. You, you start thinking about abandoning it because, well, I don't want to embarrass myself, especially for yourself. Canadian Nationals, everybody's watching because everyone wants to see where you're going to post up. And you're like, what's the point of going out there if it's going to be, like, just a terrible day? You know? That wasn't even what I was thinking. I was thinking, I don't know if I can physically do this. Oh. I don't know if I can get my body weight down to 72. No matter what I felt like I was getting out there, but I, I was dying. Like, so I went out to the sauna at, we, I think we left at nine in the morning to go to good life and 3 PM was the way in. Um, I forgot my insulin at the Airbnb. So I had to go back and forth. So I ended up getting in the sauna at 1030. Uh, I surrounded up myself. My sugars were a bit high, so I just wasn't sweating. So I spent two hours in the sauna and lost like one kilo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So I had to put on more saran wrap and then go for a jog and go on the bike at Good Life. And then I went back in the sauna and I was still a kilo and a half heavy. I was 73.5 when we left Good Life at 2 p.m. and the weigh-ins at 3. So you were heavy and you left and like, that's all I can do. Yeah. I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. It was. Yeah. You got me right out of time. It is what it is. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? You can't buy time. So you... It would have been fine. My sugars were only a little bit high, but that was the kicker. I think it would have been fine if my sugars were on the whole time, but that day they just were not cooperating. Mm. So I had to go back to our Airbnb, get in a hot bath, and if you've ever done, like, hot baths suck. Oh, yeah. Hot baths suck, and especially <laughs> after you've been in the sauna for, like, three four hours and you're already feeling like throwing up jarek the um he was he's one of the owners of rise strength lab our gym he was driving me to the meet after that he actually thought i was not okay because i'm just like laying in the passenger seat of the car just like i can't sit up because <laughs> i was so exhausted it's, from all of the heat it's weird when you go into the bath because if you go into like like the, the hardcore depends how big your bath is but if you can go in and it's just your face and everything is submerged and it's, I mean, hot to the point where, um, like, it's not going to burn you, but it's real fucking close. And so it's super, you are sweating into the water and it's pulling the water out and your heart starts racing like crazy because you're so hot. And your heart is like racing like you're jogging. And if you're, if it's just your face and your ears are under the water, you can hear your heart and it's like, you can easily get a panic attack. It is such a shitty feeling. And you you and, and you need a, like a spotter, so to speak, who's watching you to, just in case you you could pass out for sure. You could easily pass out into that water. Like you were on the just on the brink. And it is it is like the worst case scenario. I remember being like, oh man, I told my 
being in that situation because I got a little too heavy and uh, was cutting the 33 <laughs> kilo. And I was telling my buddy, like, man, you better talk to me. Say something. He's like, what do you want to talk about? I was like, oh, no, no, no. We're not talking. I'm not talking to you. I can't talk. I'm like, just talk to me. Tell me something. Make me think about something. I'm like, you. it's like a weird mental battle you're fighting. Like you're in your own personal hell at some points where you're like, you know, the battle going on in your head. It's so everything in you wants to quit, pull the plug, and be like, we're done. We're good. Yeah, honestly, it was so bad. I would never, the whole time I was more so just thinking of health. I'm like, this can't be good for my kidneys or my heart. But yeah. I mean, I would never recommend that. And that's motivation enough. Just thinking about that feeling to get down to within that 5% body weight, that's more safe for worlds. That is what I'm going to do next time. Just remembering that feeling because when I left that house, I was still 72.5. Oh, oh man. At 245. You, and the weigh-in was at three. You're like, and I was absolutely dying and just delirious from how hot the sauna was. Yeah. Like probably not even the dehydration, but probably just like more so the heat. You were so when you're in that tub, you're like, God damn it, those fucking! Ch- I'm never gonna have another chicken wing in my life. Fucking chicken! I, I, <laughs> yeah, I hate it. They weren't that good. You you, you got cr- you crying. Like, they weren't that tasty. They didn't yeah. taste that good. It wasn't worth it. Six months earlier, you were in New Zealand. I seen the pictures. You guys are body surfing and fucking eating chicken and beer. You're like loving life. <laughs> Six months later, you're in the tub. I don't want it. another beer in my life. Not yeah. another Reese's peanut butter cup. It wasn't worth it. Fuck you, Brett Gibbs. You, you, yeah, exactly. You fucking got you. Like, shouldn't have made me so, so many chicken wings. God damn it, those chicken wings were delicious, though. But yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. They were. They were really good. I don't know why. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I would eat them again. <laughs> I hope so. I hope they were. Man, they were all right. Like, no, they better been good. They were totally worth it. Maybe not worth that weight cut, but yeah. <laughs> worth something. When you when you leave and you're still half a kilo, a pound over. So you're like, at that point, are you when you're not like when you're not driving? You're just like, well, I hope God's Canadian. Uh, I, I hope we got. Yeah, no, coming. no, I was honestly ready. What I what I did is I got out of the tub. I'm like, hey, I'm not gonna try and get that extra half kilo off. I'm gonna take a rest. And then I'm gonna bring my stuff so I can go for a jog once I fail the first weigh-in. That was my mentality. What? So, like, how tough is that to be like? You know why I did that? Because Canadian Nationals was my Sheffield. It was entirely 100% fueled by butthurt and not getting invited. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So how was that? Because I see the t- hashtags and and um, Justin, I think, put the hashtags or whatever. She should be going. To, oh, this was after the Canadian Nationals, but it was like. Almost a campaign to get you into Sheffield, right? And it was yeah, because you. I don't know. It was like a big party, and you want to be invited. And I get it, man. Sheffield was getting hype. Oh yeah, exactly. I was so butthurt that I wasn't invited, but I understand it. I understood the rules and how they're inviting people. Doesn't mean I wasn't still. Doesn't mean I still don't want to go. Super bad though. So that's why I pushed so hard for Canadian Nationals. And you know what? Actually, for weigh-ins. I, when I got on that scale, I almost cried because I was 71.95, I think, when I got on the scale for the first weigh-in. I almost cried, and I told the lady, I was like, 
was so happy. <laughs> she, she, so, so when you stepped on there and you're thinking, yeah, well, like, I'm probably fine. That's okay. I'm going to go for a jog, whatever. So you're stepping on the scale. And it's so weird. You, I, I can, you totally have an emotional attachment to this process. It's hell. It's, it's crazy. So when you step on that scale and you look, you're probably like, oh, get the fuck out of here. What? Yeah. Oh, how did this happen? How did this happen? How did this happen? Oh, wow, it really is going to happen today. You probably had, but how do you feel in that moment? Like, are you at all afraid that you just aren't going to have the strength in you? Like, because it, it depletes you so much. How you feel, I, I remind myself every time, how I'm going to feel at the bottom of this weight cut is going to be hell, but it's not how I'm going to feel after I replenish with like, you know, electrolytes, water, food. I'm going to feel different. But no matter how many times you tell yourself that, no matter how many times I tell other people if I'm helping them in the process, you know when you're there, there's a little voice in the back of your head, you're like, is this the day that I have, like, you know, is this the day where that shit catches up to me? Oh, yeah, I'm always thinking that. I'm always feeling like garbage, like, man, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the day I squat 60 kilo less than normal. Oh, I am always, I'm always thinking that. I'm always thinking anything could happen, especially with my diabetes. Like, if my sugars are happen to be, like, 20, I'm going to lift a lot less. And I have come to terms with that, that it can, that's a possibility. So Justin and I always have a plan A and a plan B. The plan A is if I'm feeling reasonable, and the plan B is if I feel like absolute garbage for attempts, So especially for squats. So I'm in, ready for that possibility that it could be bad. <laughs> and when you get in there and you started shifting around some of that warm-up weight, were you like, how's it? It's weird because I remember when Michael C. bombed on Arnold. Um, I remember a lot of people were like, you know, he, he should have. It's part of being a professional. How will you feel in the warm-up room? You got to be honest with yourself and then adjust accordingly. And the thing is, sometimes, like, I get it, but sometimes I felt like absolute trash in the warm-up room. Like, oh, man, it ain't here. Hit the platform and I'm like, holy shit, it's so much easier on the platform. Like I'm smoking it, I'm back on track, we're good. And I'm totally shocked because the warm-up, I'm like, I'm in trouble. Like a Yeah, I'm in stuff. trouble. <laughs> right? This is this is hey, tell my mom, wait for me in the car. Maybe she shouldn't see this. Okay. <laughs> Maybe nobody needs to see this right now. You're messaging people, let's lower expectations, everybody. It's gonna be, you know. Then you hit the platform and you're like, oh wow, all right, no, we'll be all right. And then there's other days where I'm in the warm-up room like, oh, okay, I think we're going to be all right. Hit the platform like, well, maybe not. Maybe not so much. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. So it's still hard to tell until you hit the platform, right? How did you feel when after the cut and you're in the warm-up room for this? Um, actually, the weigh-in, I have to say one thing. The weigh-in at Canadian Nationals went super smooth. It was so fast, fastest one I've ever had. So I had a little more time than normal to replete. Um, I felt like garbage, like absolute garbage, like death. And I looked like death for the first half an hour for sure. Um, but I did my usual strategy where I get um, all of the fluids in weight that I've lost back in me. And then around 200 grams of carbs, diabetes permitting. And then I usually go for a jog to just make sure that um, my sugars are gonna be normal. Mm. Are, when you jog and stuff, like, are you, cause you're, are you worried it's gonna use up energy or, or like, you know, you're all nah. like, super tired? No, you're like, I'm no, I'm used to doing a, a decent amount of cardio. And um, I've just, if there's anything that doing track has taught me and then lifting weights after is that um, being warmed up it properly is key. 
Mm. I will never be afraid of that. Okay. Just having been, having pushed my body to the limits that I have, especially with weight cutting and doing cardio the same day, I'm just not scared of that. I don't think one day of cardio is going to ruin it for me because I'm pretty used to it. If it's your routine and you've been doing it and you've obviously had the performance you have, I mean, you know, you're good. Like, the history doesn't lie. I remember yeah, one of the worst weight cuts I had, because um, you're saying how, like, felt like trash, looked like trash. I remember one time, <laughs> I, I remember one time, I, like, weighed in and I'm like, you know what, you know you start having the inner dialogue, like, I'm all right, it's okay, we'll be okay. I remember walking down the hall and talking to somebody. It was um, Chris Aviato. Remember him? You know him? The bencher? Yes. The smaller dude. And uh, I remember him seeing me and he'd be like, God damn, you all right? And I was <laughs> like, fuck man, don't get in my head. And don't I remember, do that. I remember, I remember, how bad is it to my buddy? And it was Paul. And Paul's like, uh, it ain't good. And I was like, what? And I looked in the mirror and I had two fucking black eyes. And I was like, what the shit happened to my face? Like, oh my, my eyes God. were like black around here. Like, I was like, holy smokes. I didn't feel as bad as I looked, which is weird. I looked like I was like on a, like a, a rock star on a crazy bender and my family had to talk to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It looked like people yeah. just sit me down and be like, Ryan, what's going on with your life right now? But it was bad and I was, I was like rattled. People's impression. But um, that's why I'm like, man, just get me some water quick. I don't want to talk to nobody. Let's get to where we got to go. Yeah, I probably looked like the most hungover you could look at that time. (laughs) (laughs) I think it looked like I pulled an all-nighter and I hadn't slept and that it was all hitting me at one time. It's probably what it looked like. <laughs> people, people are like, is Jessica like a rock star right now? She, like you show up to these concerts hungover like a rock star or something to the Canadian Nationals. I didn't look like a rock star, that's for sure. I look like <laughs> another bum off the street in Winnipeg probably. <laughs> a jack bum off the street. Um, so you started smashing weights. And did you realize, oh, oh, this is going to be a good day? You know what? I did actually um all all the sauna and hot baths actually had my muscles really loose and not tight at all Hmm. so because that's something I struggle with with squats is having super tight adductors and quads and everything like that but actually everything felt really good when I started squatting I was a little weak off the start um but my muscles actually felt good once I started warming up so that was would, nice. You think you'd have crazy muscle cramps, but you felt the or did you just tell yourself? I did have crazy muscle cramps yeah. halfway in on my second attempt. I think that was two hundred two point five kilos. If it, it was a good squat, like it felt amazing. It felt easy. Like it felt like it should have been an opener almost. But at the top, when I was locking it out, my right quad started cramping so hard it felt like there was like a hole in it oh wow um so like taking my third was pretty ballsy but I just I don't know I knew we had it and I knew if I locked it out a little bit slower it would probably be fine and I had Justin like (laughs) try and make sure it wasn't cramping anymore and had a bunch of salt and water and yeah I mean mean, you you got spotters just be controlled with it yeah you tell them you go out there like be tight, fellas. This is going to be iffy. I don't know. 50-50. Yeah, you I'm looking around like, this could be it. <laughs> this is it. Get, get ready. Get ready now. Everybody, get, pay attention. By the time you came to your last deadlift, did you know the total you were you were, you were stacking? Because, look, people do, people break world records unofficially in nationals. Got it. 
20 fucking kilo? This is insane. And, and, and for a 72, we're not talking like Ray Williams. So you're a, a thousand kilo total. So 20 kilo is what it is. 20 kilo over a world record in the 72s percentage wise is a massive jump. Like, did you realize, were you paying attention to the performance you were having and like how crazy it was? I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about that at the time at all. I just wanted that 250 deadlift super bad. That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. I was really? so mad. I was like, this is it. So, <laughs> and I felt like I had it too, especially after my second. Um, it's crazy to think about, but my second was 240 kilos and it moved like an opener. Um, it's just crazy to think about that I probably could have opened with 240 on that day. <laughs> it's... Yeah, like how crazy. wild is that? That Isn't is that fucking wild, man. Yes, that's wild. <laughs> that's crazy wild. Isn't the world what's the world record? I think it's two forty seven point five. Yeah. Or yeah. Is the world record lower than the U.S. national record, or maybe it is that? I yeah, I think I think Kim got the U.S. national record. I think she's done two fifty one before. I'd have to double check. Yeah, because sometimes those. You got Americans doing things at nationals. Well, you got Canadians doing things at nationals over the world record too now, huh? <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, it is it is nuts though. And I remember watching it being like, so Kathy was on the same day on the other platform. And that's my man's. So I was watching it. But I had to keep flipping back because what was going on on your platform, everybody's like, holy shit. And I'm in um I'm in a group chat with like you know, coaches from like US, Ireland, uh, New Zealand, like these aren't Canadians. And they're all like, holy shit. Like it wasn't just Canadians watching the Canadian nationals, which is rare, man. Usually, unless you're a Canadian, you know, you don't care what's going on Canadian nationals, especially with the Arnold Classic going on. So it's a oh, big exactly. deal. Oh, exactly, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a big deal. It sucks that you couldn't at least be at the Arnold Classic so it was official world record. But, but I it, never thought of that. It would have been That official. would have been cool. Would have been official. That would have been yours. That's okay. It is what it is. I've always wanted to go to the Arnold. I've just never known how to apply. And I found out this year, so I'm going to apply to go uh, you know, next some, year. Some girls are like, ah, good. <laughs> oh, good. All right. Well, that, congratulations. It's just bad timing for scheduling for the Canadians. Although, I yeah. think we're shifting around when our nationals are, right? Isn't it going to be in January now? It's supposed to be in January, so that'll be better, I think. Oh, yeah, because if the Arnolds is in, it is going to be in March, there's going to be some Canadians showing up now. And the Americans are starting to have, like, you know, because, well, I guess it's a bell of all wise work. There's other people, and Brett have done it, too. But Canada, we are, like, we're right close, obviously, right? Some Canadians, it's a drive down to Ohio. You're going to have to fly. But still, if we could send some of our biggest stars, you, Maria, it won't be home cooking that they're eating over there at the Arnold Classic anymore. We'll, we'll, we'll have some Yeah. <laughs> So, that'll be that'd be so much fun i've always wanted to go to the arnold because they do such a great job with production oh it's and the stage and everything it's amazing it's unreal and they actually have like a massive crowd like people when they when they said there was going to be no crowd involved like not for the outside and the expo part of the classic was going to be gone everyone's thinking like what's going to be like are we going to be lifting and there's no one really around and even then we saw pictures everybody all the athletes it's like a fucking thousand people in front of you like that's when you're gonna get do you even notice the crowd when you're lifting or does it does it amp you up when you see crowd and people cheering or are you turned off and you're like man i don't even notice um i 
notice the crowd gets me amped up because I'm like, oh man, I can't just. It's more like I don't want to fail this with all these people watching. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's just, it does get me amped up. Yeah. Could for you? Sure. Could you even do a local meet at this point and still hit PRs and do like pull two fifty and all nine? Especially the water cut. It's a local. You. I don't even know why you would do all that for a local competition, but. Even if you just walk in and, and you're not water cutting, would you feel the same way to like smash weights or can you get in your own head and still make it happen? I think I wouldn't water cut for sure, but I think I could probably, if training was going well, hit some PBs locally. It just, um, I'd rather be, because you have to compete at provincials or volunteer to go to nationals mm. um, or westerns. I'd rather just volunteer because I kind of feel like I don't know. I just feel like I'm trying to take something away yeah. from people sometimes, especially if it's not a meet that I was really set on competing in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, 100%. You know, That's like Rhea, Rhea Stin, too. Like, she she doesn't compete too much locally. Um, just because she's lifting such crazy weights, I think. It's it just would, time to let other people shine. It would be weird showing up in, like, some... I can picture some poor 72 kilo girl showed up like, holy shit, what are you doing here? She's like, well, I guess I'm coming in second. I guess I, guess I got to pray for a miracle. I'd just rather be spotting or coaching or something like that or helping with attempts, yeah. hyping people up. I'd rather do that. It's You know, there, there was, I think, I remember Abby Silver, Silverberg one year. I think, it, I forget, um, I'm pretty sure, what, what province is he from? You remember, do you know? He's from Alberta. Is he Alberta? Okay. And I might get the story somewhat wrong, but I think over in Alberta, they had, if you spot load, volunteer, you don't have to do the provincials and you get to go to nationals. And then something came about where I think some people found out they didn't have to. They changed the rule or something like that. And a lot of people were just like, oh, well, then I guess I just won't. And they all, and like, a shitload of people just dropped out of volunteering because they didn't have to anymore. And Abby's like, what the shit? Like, you gotta give back. We still have to run a meet. This, the wheels of this thing don't go around unless we all pitch in a little bit. If it's just like, well, if I don't have to, I'm not going to. It's like, what are we gonna do? Like, it's like a week out. And he's like, can somebody help me out? I got, I'll give you a slice of pizza. I'm like, what am I gonna do here? And some people are like, ah, it's not my problem. It's like, man, this wasn't like probation where your court, you know, ordered to do this. Just do it for the sake of helping out the sport, right? Or, or whatever. That's why I think, um, to an extent, everybody should do something. If not spotting loading, like something to help put the sport forward. Before I was doing commentary for the IPF Worlds, I was, um, at least once a year, I would do spotting loading at one competition. And I remember Kelly Branton actually was a dude who we both were spotting and loading and um and it was a long day and it was like holy shit man this is tough he's like yeah he was like and he's a he's a big man so he was like he, you know it's a long day for a big man like that up down bending over grabbing things over and over he's sweating up and he's like once a year man i gotta get it done once a year you know i'm like that's right let's get this done once a year this is our good deed yeah exactly i think yeah and if you're just sitting around you might as well might as well do some volunteering it, you gotta get back at least once a year. That's not much. If everybody did it once a year, we're good. We're set. Justin got mad at me for volunteering to do the um, admitting booth mm-hmm. at Worlds last year. 
It was like the day before, or two days before I competed. Yeah, were you selling like tickets and stuff? What? what? So I'm just what? sitting at the table what the and giving people you, their shirts and everything. I would think it was like a candid camera thing where it's like, did you guys just plant Jessica Bittner with a camera somewhere? And people show up like, what the fuck are you doing? No, I made a lot of friends, not a lot of people. Well, I bet. I bet you did. People, people are going No, not, not a lot of people. I don't expect, I don't go anywhere and expect that people, I mean, powerlifting is a pretty niche community, but yeah. I don't, at this point, not a lot of people knew who I was, so I just, really? I made a lot of new friends, yeah, and then when, when I competed after, um, they were like, hey, that's the girl that I met uh, volunteering. <laughs> who, who, who didn't, so really, I, I thought people would just know, maybe I'm naive then, I thought people would know this shit, when you go into world championships, people gotta be asking for your picture and whatnot. Um, oh no, sorry. That was in that was in Calgary. So it was okay. Two years, three years ago. All right. That's sorry. Still, still pretty big in Calgary though. But and it was Calgary for God's sake. You think? But I guess some people around the world are. They're from people around the world, so right. they were buying like souvenir T-shirts and stuff. Okay, it makes a little more sense because I think as more because for sure the open is a whole other whole other ballgame. Like oh, people pay attention to the yeah. juniors. But when you're in the open, that's like, that's a whole other level of intensity. Did you feel that when you were in the open? You're like, okay, well, this feels a stitch different now. Oh, totally. Yeah. Especially because the crowd was way bigger and it was pretty nuts. Like I, you feel, you feel that intensity for sure. When you, how, how cool was it when you seen that ESPN had reposted your final deadlift? Oh my god, I was losing my mind. And I was also laughing so hard because three days into having no sports, they repost a powerlifting. Three days in. (laughs) It's so cool. But it's just funny because it's like now that all the other sports are eliminated. (laughs) All right, well, hey, that's where it looks. We'll take it. ESPN, no doubt. Did you see like a bump all of a sudden in your social media interactions and people checking out your, your profiles? Oh yeah, for sure. There, I think I got five or ten thousand more followers. Holy shit! Okay. Yeah, just from that, it was pretty crazy. So, you, like, you could kind of see what would happen if we actually got regular coverage on a regular. That was one post. Imagine we actually got regular coverage in a regular. Imagine we were Olympic sport in leading into the Olympics. How much hype from all the mainstream media you would have during the Olympics, after the Olympics, highlights, preview shows. Can you imagine what life would be like? It'd be fucking insane, man. 10, yeah, it'd be people. so cool. Like, that's the dream right there. In your age, I mean, I don't know, man. Some people like, it's never going to happen. I still hold on hope. We did very well with the on the Olympic Channel. Um, like, our ratings were really, really good. And the Olympic Channel was very happy with it. And usually numbers talk. If they think we can get viewership and in turn get sponsorship and there's money here, like, money talks, man. They have ballroom dancing in the Olympics at one point. How can they not? Yeah. I think, isn't powerlifting approved for, because every Olympic Games, the host country gets to pick kind of, I think it's three sports that aren't normally in it. That's right. Powerlifting could be one of those. It's approved to be one of those. Yeah. And even if that happened, man, we would milk it so much. We would make it the greatest. Are you kidding? (laughs) Can you imagine? Oh my God. (laughs) Jessica, please. (laughs) If I was still coming, unless they kicked me out of it now, we're getting like somebody from NBC. I don't know who the hell they would get, whatever. But if I was still commentating, I would, you couldn't, man, you couldn't talk to me. I'd be like, don't talk to me unless you got 300,000 followers. 
Okay, because I, <laughs> I would be, my head would be so big. I'd be like, where's my, point me to my trailer. All right, you know, this, this is a game changer for me. If we ever got the Olympics just as a host, I don't know what nation would have balls to do that. I don't know what powerlifting nation it would be. Nauru, you know what? I think Nauru, we are, which is like 10,000 people. They're not hosting the Olympics. <laughs> but Nauru, I think we are literally the national sport for Nauru. That is so cool. I think... I feel like Jezza told me that one time. Isn't he adorable? He's the most fun person to talk to. <laughs> He's adorable. Did you, see <laughs> yeah. in, did you see him in Sweden wear like Gucci hoodies and like he looked like, do you know the rapper Fat Joe? He looked like, I he looked like early 2000s <laughs> Fat Joe was in the lobby. He was, and he was always in that damn lobby, wasn't he? And people were like... He was so friendly, man. Everybody loves Jezza. You could walk up, everyone was walking up to him in the lobby, taking pictures and everything. And like, he talked to you like he knew you. He was amazing. Yeah, he's awesome. You know how there's all those little electric scooters in Sweden? Yeah. That you could, yeah, okay. I saw some guy who's pretty big from probably Great Britain or something. I'm just watching this out on the street. Um, he's on one of these scooters. Um, and then he passes it to Jezza to try and he takes one step and the thing does not move. Oh my God, I would have died to take a video of that. I would, this is, these are the little things in life, Jessica, that keep me going. Holy shit. You were like, you were like fumbling to get your camera. Like, God, fuck it, where's my goddamn camera? Who the fuck is my camera? God, he, he's, he's so adorable. After he won... Um, in the warm-up room, I don't know if you've seen it, he was sitting in a chair, and people were lined up to take pictures with him, like they were taking a picture with Santa, and he was just, like, all this medals, and he's so, like, cuddly, I don't know if he, like, liked it, but I was, like, arms on him, like, I'm like, this dude is, he, you know, I was not respecting his personal space, and everybody was taking pictures, and then, um, I've been trying to get an uh, interview with Jezza for, like, ever, and it's really hard to get an interview because I guess the Wi-Fi isn't the greatest on that route, right? Um, so I kept like I would message him like let's try to get up a like for a King of this podcast, whatever. And he's like, Yeah, we'll try, man, but it's really, really difficult. And my English isn't very hot, so there's gotta get better Wi-Fi, interpreter, a lot of things not working for us. And then after he won the world championships, and he's tired of shit, heavily injured. That's why he had to sit in the chair because I guess he had like a really bad knee pain the whole night. Um Ooh. And uh, yeah, like he pulled, man, it's a really good story of him digging deep. And he's like, it's going to take a miracle for me to win in Sweden. And then like Ray Williams bombs out his last deadlift. He missed one deadlift, came back, hit the deadlift and just barely hung on like by the skin of his teeth. And everybody one through four, as soon as Ray bombed out, were like gunning to be the heavyweight champion of the world. So he was, he was like, this could be the day and any other day. If it's not Ray, it's me. But today, I'm not 100%, and it turned out to be, like, it's a crazy story. So I was, when we were in the warm-up room, and everyone's taking pictures with them, and all the boys from that room all around, I was like, oh, do you speak English? Do you speak English? And they're like, no, 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 no. And I, I pointed to the, what, the last dude in his crew. I'm like, you speak English? He's like, a little bit, a little bit. I'm like, Jezza, can we do an interview right now? I know you're just one. He's like, yeah, brother. And I was like, holy shit. We went off into like a side change room. Me, Jezza sat down, did like a 25 minute interview. Um, and like, it's so hard to get Jezza. And I got him right after he won the world, which is like the perfect time in person. And then the IPF, I didn't know they listened to King of Lips or whatever, heard it, transcribed it and put it in the magazine, put in as per 
King of List podcast. And they no way. transcribed it, man. And I was like, holy shit. Because they too were like, we, even the IPF is like, we couldn't get Jezza. We can never get Jezza. You know, it, it's hard. It's really hard to yeah. get Jezza through a lot of things. So, yeah, man, it was it was something special. Like, Jezza, I look forward to seeing that guy again. Hope he doesn't retire anytime soon. Yeah, Jezza's the best. He is so friendly, too. Like, he's just a good dude. He is so... Like. He's so um, approachable and happy-go-lucky. Like, I swear to God, he posted up every time I swung through that lobby. Like, if I swung through a lobby ten times, my man was there seven or eight, okay? Just chilling, you know, soaking it up, saying what's up. And people like this dude is rocking this hoodie. And he's like, so everyone knew who Jezza was and was, was approaching him, taking pictures and everything. He was soaking up. He, if it, The pressure wasn't getting to him. And it's crazy because he was injured going in there and he's like, eh. Is what it is. We'll see what happens. <laughs> like, I, That's I, what I love about Jezza. I wish I had that approach in life. I know. It is what it is. It is what it is. We'll see what happens. Um, so after the Canadian Nationals, ESPN hits. Your boy Justin posts up saying, Sheffield, talk to me. I'm paraphrasing. But essentially, you know, let's see what happens with Sheffield. Can you talk about what happened after that? I mean, it was canceled anyway, so it doesn't super duper matter. Can we? Are you allowed to talk about what? what, what I don't. Like I don't know. I would say no to be on the safe side. Yeah, just in case. Okay, we kind of sort of people are gonna read between the lines, but we'll just leave it there. We'll just we'll just leave it there. Let that marinate. Let people read into it what they will. But now looking at the worlds and everything, what is the plans now? Like, how confident are you? It, it kind of feels funny training now, and you don't know what direction you're at. And we hear things like we were saying earlier. All right, maybe maybe we're out of lockdown in May. Maybe we're out in June. Some people are like, "Listen, 2020 is a wrap." 20, so I've heard I heard like reputable people saying, "Until we find a vaccine, this shit's gonna keep coming back." And if you think China is like like corona free, don't believe a damn thing coming out of China. Um, that's what like you hear sometimes. You don't know. It's like I don't know. Maybe maybe not. But some people like until we get a vaccine. Actually, wasn't didn't didn't Justin Trudeau say? Until, we're not going back to normal until we get a vaccine. Is that real? Uh, yeah, more or less, yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. Um, said this isn't going away until we get a vaccine. So um, realistically, there's a few people, there's a lot of people trying to do research into that, but with trials and everything and the process of getting approved, mm. um, probably wouldn't be till this next winter, like probably earliest December, January is the earliest predictions that I've seen. So what do we, like, is it, man, I can only imagine a lockdown until then. Yeah, everything's a wrap, first off. Every single event's a wrap. But what would that mean? Like, what's that for, for a world competitor like you? How hard is it to be? Are you training with the same intensity? What kind of stuff are you doing right now? Uh, lots of volume, less intensity for sure. Um, it's kind of hard to be motivated when you don't know um, if there's even going to be a competition. Yeah. Because, I mean, they did reschedule it to late September, early October, but I don't know if everyone's going to be able to compete at that time or what's going to happen. Are travel restrictions going to be lifted? Yeah. Who knows? And then on top of that, so if 2020 is a wrap, then it's like, what's going on with like 2021 SBD Invitational and like the whole, everything's messed up, isn't it? It's really hard. I mean, it, people, when, when, when we, so going to Master Worlds, and then when that got postponed to like announced November, people are like, hold off buying your tickets though. Hold off like a whole lot of things because it's there's nothing for sure. This is like day to day. 
let alone, you know, booking ahead like till November. Oh yeah, exactly. They they did say that. Hold off on buying your tickets, and then I think one maybe uh, the president of Belarus. Maybe one of the reasons it wasn't canceled sooner is because he he made some comment about the cure for coronavirus being everyone should sit in the sauna and drink vodka. <laughs> he made a tweet about that. Well, if that's, <laughs> if that's true, you good? You're in the sauna. You just have a couple cocktails. You you're you're like I'm yeah. Not. I don't know about you guys, but I should be all right. Well, everybody's drinking now more, right? Have you? I you, feel like it, yeah. Oh. Are you in contact with people often? Like now in terms of like, you know, it's become a new thing. People are like doing Zoom and Zoom is crazy right now. I don't know what the hell's going on. Everybody's talking about Zoom. But they have like Zoom parties where I've seen people's screens. I do a screenshot and there's like 20 people having cocktails over a Zoom party. You doing yeah. stuff like that yet? No. I haven't done stuff like that, no. Um, just FaceTime people and whatever, but that's yeah. about it. Eventually, we're gonna have to. And do you, and in terms of like, obviously, with your job, you're you're pretty much safe. Like, there's no way you would ever you you could be laid off. It'd be like impossible, right? Because you have to. Have I don't. Privacy. I don't think so. The day Walmart closes is the day that everyone needs to panic, <laughs> because they're the biggest one of the biggest corporations in the world. So if yeah. they shut down, that's bad for yeah. everybody. It's, it's a bad sign. It's a real bad sign. And it's, um, you know, I've talked to a couple of people in the powerlifting community. So right now, I had Joey Flex on the podcast, two podcasts ago. But the last couple of podcasts have been like coaches and trainers and handlers and the whole lot. And a lot of them are like, look, it, it's been like, how long has it been locked down? It hasn't even been that long. We're talking a few weeks. Feels like, feels different. But, it's like um, forever. It feels, yeah, it does. Like, that's why when we talk about if 2020 is a wrap. Like, psychologically, man, I don't, like, it feels a lot different. I don't like not being able to talk to people and whatnot. Um, Skype is something, but hanging out with friends and shit like that is a whole nother thing. But there's a lot of people, especially in, like, powerlifting, for instance, if you're a coach, right now, like Joey Flex was saying, he's moving some clients around. So if you lose some clients and you're working with Joey Flex and his team and you're a coach, He'll try to keep your roster, move around, and try to keep people. But he, he he was saying, and other coaches were saying, like, this is right now, and we're three weeks. And some people have lost, like, 20% of their clients. Because some people lost their jobs, or um, you don't have a home gym, or whatever. But the more and more we go, like, we're talking, like, this is three weeks in. What are we talking three months in? What are we talking, like, I don't know what's going to happen to some people. You know, this... Yeah, I know. It's not good for people's jobs, for sure. Especially if you're in the fitness industry. Yeah. kind of sucks right now for most people. It was, it's tough because I saw, um, even like, for instance, like Steve Gentile took a video and he, was, he talked about in the caption for like years as a personal trainer, putting a little money away, putting a little money away and just saving up. And then dumping, like, you put a lot. It takes a lot of money to buy all the gym equipment. So he bought a gym. All the equipment in the gym, the whole nine, the rent, everything. And then lock, close up the doors. And he's like, that's some scary stuff. When you're so deep, you don't just lose your job. You can lose, like, what, your life savings, the whole nine. And there's a lot of people like that. Yeah, like, even at Rise Strength Lab, Brendan and Jarek, the owners, they just opened it up about two years ago, and they bought a crap ton of powerlifting equipment. But that actually kind of worked in their favor, because what they did was they... Um, 
what they're doing right now is they rented out strength packages. So they have enough plates, bars, and squat racks to do about eight strength packages that they rent out monthly. Oh, wait. So you mean the, the equipment? They can actually... The equipment. They rented oh, it out shit. and then they drove it to everyone's houses That's in actually... Sask. And then, yeah, and they rent them out for pretty cheap, actually, too. Like, they, I think they mostly did about 150 to... $200 a month. I'm renting a, a bar and a strong arm bench from them right now. Hell yeah. They have, we were always laughing at them. We're like, why don't you guys give yourselves a paycheck instead of um, buying so much powerlifting equipment? Because they have like legitimately 20 powerlifting bars at that gym. Um, and then now it's working in their favor because they yeah. can rent it out to people. So That's... I think that'll be okay for them for the next few months, but other gym owners might want to do that too. Yeah. If they aren't already. That's actually a really, I've never even thought about that, but that's a really good idea. If you got the bar, even like a bar, even if you're like, look, I could give you, here's what I got on order. And you just try to shift it around a little bit, any little bit of income. It's kind of like, look, we're going to bleed, but how long can we bleed out until we go under? And if it's just, we could salvage like ordinarily the lifestyle we had previously, this is how much we had, but we got to, Jet back the lifestyle a little bit. That's fine. As long as you just don't go under. That's actually a really good idea. Having like a strength package. I wonder if that shit's going to happen more in the future even. If people... He, there's a lot of things that we're never going to go back to normal. Like for instance, this curbside shit where um, buy, your, buy your whatever it is. Canadian Tire, groceries, all of it are picking up at the curb. And some of it is picking up at your curb. Not our curb. Some of it. And there's some people thinking... If this lasts long enough, if this is 2020 is a wrap, you are for sure going to have grocery stores that why are we going to open necessarily to the public? Why don't we just have, whether it's people or just conveyor belt style, these groceries get picked up, you order it online, load it up in a truck, and that truck is going out and you get a little message saying, come on out to the curb, your groceries are here. And like shit like that's going to start. This is because we are very like people are creative. And look at, look at these gym owners. Things might start changing a little bit. Some people are like, we're never going to go back to normal. Yeah, exactly. I think gyms are still going to hurt even if they rent out. Because most people don't have the same amount of quality equipment that Brandon and Jarek at Rise do. Mm -hmm. They really did an amazing job of making that gym something unique, like something special. Even Larry Wheels and his manager, when they came here, they're like, wow, I wish that this was in Dubai because... This is great for filming. This is everything we need type of thing. Really? Um, Larry Wheels came by? He came there, yeah, because Josh from Supplement World, um, they pay people to do meet and greets. Yeah. So he managed to get Larry Wheels to come there and Thor Bjornsson the next month. Yeah, I saw that picture. To Saskatoon. How cool is that, Yeah, eh? I saw that picture. Um, did you? So when you met them, did they know who you were? No, I don't think so. I just, I didn't say much. I'm not... I don't know. I talked to talking to Thor was really cool because he um, he's just super down to earth, like a really good dude. He's just like I'm just talking to him, like, hey, my name's Jess. Like I've been following you a long time, um, type of thing. And um, he's asking me about my strength goals and stuff like that because I think he can tell I lifted weights and I'm like, I want to deadlift 250 kilos at my next meet. And he's like, no way. He's like, really? wouldn't that be a world record? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then I was just so honored that he actually. You know that much about... You, you know what's great? I wonder... Okay, so two things. I think it's funny that I think you're way more famous and I'm always shocked if they don't know. <laughs> this whole interview, I feel like I'm like, what? How do they not know you? What? 
how come they don't, right? This is the shit that people bust my chops about when, when I talk about you, right? But anyways, <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm, I'm still falling into that. Um, but number two, I wonder if you're a dude like Hafthor Bjornsson. And so I met Hafthor back in the day when I was doing like television stuff. I was on a TV show. He was on a TV show too in Europe. And I met him and I took a picture with him. And I was like a child. Like I'm, I'm not a small dude, but I'm like a fucking child. It, no joke. <laughs> Me and my, we were all in the same hotel. You know, like at the world championships, you're all in the same hotel. Um, so it's kind of cool. You can run into like, for instance, like we're saying Jezza in the lobby, etc. So for yeah. this TV show in Italy, it's Milan, Italy, 2014. Um, we were all in this hotel and me and my boy were like, holy shit, you know, like Zydrunas Davikas was there, Hathor Bjornsson was there and some other people were there. And I'm like, imagine we meet, like me and my, it was funny. So they were like, um, they're going to fly me out to do the strength thing. And um, I was like, I need my buddy there because he's got he's to wrap my knees. And they're like, you want us to fly your friend? We're paying for everything and they're paying for me. And I'm like, listen, they're like, we can get someone to wrap your knees. And I'm like, it's a safety issue. I could die. And they were like, <laughs> I swear to God. And I'm talking to TV producers who don't know shit. And they're they're talking to their guys like, he can die. He can die. That, that makes <laughs> sense. So, so he needs, it needs to be done properly. So my buddy ends up getting like all-inclusive flight out to no Milan way. with me. And we're like, this is fucking crazy. We're doing TV. It's a real... TV people are going to be there. So we're in the hotel geeking out. And I'm like, can you imagine if we bumped into like Hathor Bjornsson? He's like, oh. I'm like, what if he's in this hotel? What if we walk down the hall and we bump into Hathor Bjornsson? He's like, holy shit. So we come out. We, we, we're leaving in the morning. And we're going to go on set. And we walk up to the elevator. And um, I remember hitting the button. And this is like, this is fucking Hathor. This is the mountain from Game of Thrones. And I'm a Game of Thrones nerd. And the fucking elevator do, 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 opens up, and like you just see like like a man taking up all the room, like what can uh, uh, what can only be described as a, a man, but it's a lot bigger of a man. And so he takes up the whole flipping opening, and the top of the elevator where the door is, you can't see his head because he's too damn tall. So he ducks down underneath to be like, what the fuck is out there? Like he had that look on his face, right? <laughs> Like, like he's like, why did we stop? And he's looking down, and, I, and, and we're like, holy shit, that's the mountain. <laughs> it's yeah. that is Sir whatever the fuck his name is on the Game of Thrones, right? And we're like, holy shit, me and my buddy, and we, we, sir. And so he backs up a little bit, and me and my boy enter the elevator, and it closes behind us. And I never felt so claustrophobic and afraid. Like you see this guy swinging a swinging a sword, chopping horse heads off of horses and killing people. And here he is. And he's you want to talk larger than life? Like oh no doubt, impossibly, yeah, like huge, impossibly huge. Like like Kelly Britton's big man. No, he's a child compared to this guy. So we're in this elevator, and the door closes behind us. And me and my buddy are like not looking up, and we're all so better male right now. Okay, we we just not shy. We are, just shy. I I lost. I lost, just shy. I like how you said it. Like it was a lot cuter. Like you're not. You're not just shy. I'm just. I'm just feeling a little shy right now. And so, <laughs> but 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 I was kind of being a little bitch. Anyways, um, so we weren't looking up, and then the elevator. You know how it can only hold so much of a load because we have our bags too as well. 
But oh, yeah, you're calculating that in your head, like, right. is this elevator going to break? So the weird alarm thing went off because there's too much weight on it. It's like ding, 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 ding. And then we're like, what the shit is that? And the door automatically opens up. And my boy's like, see you down there. And fucking hops off the elevator, grabs his bag, and just takes the stairwell because he's being... He's he's a, being just a little just a little shy, I guess. And I'm like, what, what the fuck, you? He just bailed. It was too much. It was too intense. It was too surreal. Half Thor Bjornsson, the mountain was in there, and my man bailed on me. And then the door closed. And this is a, this is a big hotel. The Jessica, it was like a five second ride on the elevator with just me and Half Thor. Felt like it was fucking like a, a an hour and a half long. It was as silent. Man, oh, no. I was so I was so like. Holy shit, this isn't even life. And then the door opens. I'm like, sir, <laughs> you know, you're just, he walks and it's a weird, you're walking, sa- we're going to the same fucking place. Like, it's, you know what I'm saying? We're at the end, you're like, well, have a good day. And he just nods because I'm awkward as shit. Have a good yeah, day. Yeah, it's, it's so, so you get weird off, to meet you, those people. You get off the elevator together. Have a good day, sir. Like, you don't have to say nothing to me, man. We, we, we're not friends all of a sudden. But I'm like, yeah, have a good one. And then he goes, okay. And then we walk side by side for another 20 feet. <laughs> oh, no. You know how awkward that is when you're like, I like, it's like that pretty girl in the in the room and you're like being all awkward around her. And you're like, what am I fucking doing right now? And I'm like, yeah, it's so awkward. So- it's weird meeting those people too. There's no, there's no way to make it not awkward when in that situation, I guess, except I guess just start talking to him. He seemed pretty cool. Even at the meet and greet, like it's always weird to go meet someone like what do you say but he seemed really cool and just generally interested in strength sports and stuff so the weirdest thing is in saskatoon we have like a really we have a lot of people who are into the fitness community here there's a guy who was a little bit taller than him and also super jacked so he was actually looking up at somebody during the meet and greet very slightly up at this one guy from saskatoon wild he's this like he's this huge dutch guy who's a bodybuilder and he's just massive as well it was just the weirdest thing to see the two of them side by side it is uh yeah like totally when i showed up on the set of this place zadrunas was there too and these dudes are like holy smokers these guys in the same room like it is so his life must be so bizarre like nothing is like when you enter like the little things you take for granted like when you're going to go through a revolving door with people like a real revolving door and it's like wow what the fuck like i'm gonna walk through this thing i'm gonna wear this door if this thing doesn't fit right or when you like pick up phones and shit so when we're in the lobby i'm studying this guy like a, i'm a total creepo jessica <laughs> i like this dude level like, 10 creeper dude, dude if this walking dude walking to walk around that's the binoculars <laughs> out and everything if this guy ever saw me again i totally you know like before when we were talking with my boy in the hotel room i'm like yeah if we met you know, I'm thinking in my head, we're probably going to even be friends at the end of this if we meet this guy. And you're thinking this crazy shit. You meet him in real life, and you are just coming off like a fucking weirdo. Like, I could not be cool for the life. I'm like, be cool, man. He's just a dude. It's not a big yeah. deal. But I was, like, so awkward. So I would, like, he's picking up the phone. I think he was calling for his ride to say he's there. And this, his mitt, he looked like he's got a fucking hockey mitt, and he's grabbing the phone. Like, everything's awkward for him. Dialing the phone because his fingers are so sausage fingery and shit. It's so surreal. If you were actually in his life, even if he wasn't famous, when he's, like, even if you don't watch Game of Thrones, and who the fuck is that, by the way? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's a weird thing to say. But even if you don't watch Game of Thrones and you're not familiar with the world's strongest man, I guess, like, he's, and everyone's got to know, um, you would just stop and be staring at him. Like, everywhere he went, he just walks in the lobby and everyone's like, holy shit. Like, I wonder what life would be like if you're a person like that. If you're just like an absolute giant. Yeah, I don't even know. That'd be so hard to wrap your head around because, yeah, he's just, it's just the proportions, too. Just a yeah. large human walking around. Can I do full disclosure right here? If I could, if I just had the choice and you were like, <laughs> and you're like, you could pick however, you could pick however tall you want to be, however big. I want to be seven seven and like five hundred pounds. And five hundred pounds. Is it a good five hundred pounds? It's a fucking jack five. Oh Jessica. A jacked I am I am Jack seven seven jacked. Okay, abs like I just cut to make 72 kilo Jessica Bittner abs. <laughs> All right, that's how jacked I am and, and ripped up. Um, I feel like I'm fucking like I'm in grade five when I talk like that. But it's crazy. But yeah, why? 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 why, why the, and I got long flowing hair, Jessica. You don't even know. But um, it's gorgeous. You would hate it. You would hate my hair. It was so beautiful. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I think life would be absolutely, you would feel, it would be so crazy walking down the street, you, a car is in your way, you flip that car, kick that shit out your way, get out of my way here, I got blazers. I didn't realize that, but I accidentally did that to my boyfriend, like, he's 6'5", and I'm, like, average height, like, 5'7 and a half, 5'8", and I rented this character home, which has really, like, have really low ceilings, like, maybe the doorways would be a few inches above my head, and I didn't even think about it, I was like, I love this house, it's really cool, like, slanted ceilings and everything, and then he comes there one day, and he's like, chin is at the door, he's like, pretty is, much, like and he house. hated it, he absolutely hated it, I just realized, oops, because he's 6'5", right, and a pretty big dude, so, yeah. walking around that house was hilarious, he's like, wow, this is a small prison-sized house. If I, look, look, at 5'9", I'm not, like, tall by any means. In powerlifting, I'm a fucking... I'm a monster. People, people are like, what, do you play basketball? Yeah, people are short in powerlifting. People are I've never short. been called tall are you kidding? more no. times in my life. And I'm not <laughs> tall. I'm average height. Yeah, I mean, like, um, I think, like, when I take... When I see, like, a Heather Connor, I remember I'm taking pictures. Actually, when I took that picture with you, remember? You remember. What did you want? Do you remember? Of course you remember. <laughs> I got I got played so bad on that. Freaking um, everybody and their mother was commentating to this day. And you know what's funny as shit is um for anyone you probably already know, but when you were rocking a tank top, you were like hitting weights, so you were already you got a pump. I'm like got a, a hoodie. I'm trying to make myself look better here. I had a hoodie on and and, um, and we took a picture together and I posted it. And people are like, damn, you got out angled. People are DMing me like that. Like, oh shit. And I'm like, settle down. What the fuck? It wasn't that bad. And then I look at it, I'm like, holy shit, it does. I really got angled back in there. And then I was like, hold the phone. You were, you were totally low-key flexing on me. Oh, not really. You, 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 I was on you the other side of you. I was on the other side of you, and your arm was flexed. I was like, yo, your fist is flexed. And you know what some funny shit is? People were trying to make me feel better and be like, bro, she even had a fucking wrist wrap on you. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> she was cheating. That was vascularity. She, she just, she's just 
hit some weights, had a wrist rack, was on the side. I'm like, right? She did. People, people like, people like, shit, a fucking wrist wrap on, bro. Who wears a wrist wrap for a picture? And people, like, people, people were like, she did it on purpose. Dude, no one wears wrist wraps for a picture. I'm like, she did. She did. That's right. I was like, but afterwards, I was like, I don't know if you guys are making me feel better or worse. When you, you know what I mean? I'm like, whatever. Next time, I'm rocking a wife beater. I'm doing some push-ups, and I'm going to be ready. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was a picture that did not go away from me. Everybody was lighting it up. It was crazy. <laughs> that was super funny. Yeah, I remember that, too. I had a good gig out of it. And just all the reposts of it and everything. I... I I remember um, somebody messaged me too. I won't tell their name, and they were like, um, "Yeah, man, I seen her. I seen her backstage too." And I took a picture, and this is like somebody's Jack. She's like a top flight, world class lifter, and she's like, "I felt like such a fat piece of shit." <laughs> I, was, I was like, "Somebody's got to tell Jessica Bittner we have a modesty coach. She's got to wear a sweater from now on. Enough's enough." <laughs> you you ruined people's <laughs> self-esteem. But uh, did you get that impression? Like, obviously, it's not gonna be like half door. But when you're mobbing around and people are coming up taking pictures, are they like, "Holy shit!" Now, oh my god, there's Jessica Bittner and their reaction to you. Um, I think maybe that happens now a little bit after Worlds too, but um. I don't know. I don't really see that sometimes because I just think everyone there at Worlds is super jacked. Like, you yeah. look around that warm-up room and everyone is jacked. Like, you actually know. Okay, one of my favorite things about powerlifting at high level is walking around, going into the warm-up room, and just seeing all these thick individuals just <laughs> pushing crazy weights around. It's one of my favorite things. Two to three Cs thick. Yeah, you got a guy like Russell Orhe who's impossibly big, impossibly jacked. Like, some of these dudes are like oh, yeah. crazy jacked, crazy ripped. Crazy. This is like top flight athletes. I think like previously powerlifting, like we would lose athletes to other sports because we weren't that big. But the, every year we get bigger and bigger. We are getting like more tip of the spear athletes where it's like, it doesn't matter. Like we can compare some of our athletes to other world-class people. We're starting to get there. Like a few of us anyways. Not all everybody for sure. And um, like obviously the Olympics got some freaks. Like, if you look at, like, China and see some of the people they're pumping out, you know, they're, like, collecting people from a young age and be like, oh, you'd be great at javelin or whatever the fuck or whatever, right? Yeah, so no, 100%. Up, I don't know how you'd be good at javelin from a kid's age, but, you know, that was a bad one. But, but anyways, how do you scout for javelin? That's a weird one. Um, I don't know, actually. I've never thought of that. Do you do – do you – because you, you did a lot of other, you did track and everything, right? I did track and I was a, I did pole vault originally in my first year of university and throughout high school. And, but then I switched to throwing because I got an ankle injury that took me out for a few months and I just couldn't pole vault the same anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was the best thing I ever could have done because I started powerlifting and throwing mm-hmm. and those two worked really well together. Mm-hmm. So I was throwing shot put, weight throw and hammer in the summer. Do you still like doing that? Do you ever mess around with those any anymore? I don't get a chance to do it anymore because you need like a big open field and the implements. Yeah. I did like a little bit. Like it's a whole nother. People think if you're strong, like you, like you got to be strong for it. But it's not just, it's like a weird, like creating the orbit of that swing and then the release is like everything. It's a weird, it's a little different, isn't it? 
but there's so it is yeah did you need to be really aware of yourself in space and athletic powerful too because it's about it's really more about speed it's less about strength and more about speed and a and balance like the velocity really. of that orbit that you're swinging around and then the proper release when you release it and then it takes off i remember so when I was on this reality TV show and this other dude named Joshua. So they had like people, four diff- there's four different hosts and we're all from different sports. One girl was a kickboxer. She was actually on Power Rangers. She was the pink Power Ranger on one of the no seasons. No way. Yeah, man, it was so crazy. On one of the seasons. <laughs> but she wasn't the pink Power Ranger. You know how there was like a the major run of Power Rangers where there's that one girl, everybody, every guy had a crush on her, every girl wanted to yeah. be She was like a gymnast or whatever the shit. And then there was a couple other seasons that came in for like one year and left and whatever. It was never the same. Power Rangers, one of those franchises lasted forever. She wasn't like a famous Power Ranger, but whatever. She's still a Power Ranger. So she could do, she was a gymnast and she could do some like crazy shit and she did some kickboxing. We had one girl, I forget what she did athletically, but she was also a comedian. So she was like super sassy and she talked like a lot of shit and me and her like on camera clash like a motherfucker. It was crazy because she's so much smaller than me. But she's so sassy. She loved to lit me and like bully me. And, and people were like, like well, I don't know. It was really awkward. On, but it was super funny when you see this little girl lipping the shit out of me if I ever I failed. And then there was Joshua. Me and Joshua were the two dudes on the show. And he was like a six foot four basketball playing dude. And um, man, this dude was beating. I'm a five foot nine power lifter. And you know, power lifters aren't freaking athletic, man. We're just strong. We're not doing a whole lot of that stuff. So he was always waiting on, like, damn near every episode. Um, and then when we did, like, throwing, it was the Highland Games. I was like, oh, now I'm going to get mine. Here's some, like, a strength-orientated sport. But it's a lot of throwing. And he's 6'4", and his wingspan of his arms was crazy. So his orbit, when he, when he would, I, I had no idea until I got there. And you're paired up with coaches. And the one, co- each coach, like, my coach was like, I was like, well, I'm strong, so we should be all right. And he's like, my brother, like that's a piece of it. But he's like, you got it, <laughs> right? He's, he, he brought me down to earth. I looked over and I watched Josh. We were on the same, like, and cameras are videoing, like all this for the reality TV show. And on the, on the camera, you see me look over and be like, oh, fuck. And it's Josh's, <laughs> Josh's orbit that he's swinging because he's 6'4", and his arm length is like, Poof. It looked like a goddamn helicopter. It looked like if he didn't let go of it soon, he's gonna, he's gonna, his feet are gonna leave the ground. That's how much velocity the man had. Let go, Jessica. This goddamn thing went like a football field. And I'm like, well, that's a wrap. Now, well, there's another L for me, I guess. I gotta try to make some jokes happen during this. That's the only reason why yeah, I stayed exactly. on. The only reason why I stayed on the show is because I could be funny <laughs> and then, like try to try to be a personality <laughs> but it was like oh shit i had a rough season i remember going to my day job um after the tv show and they're like damn do you ever win <laughs> you, oh no that's so bad you know what throwing is actually hard you would think it'd be super easy to just toss a shot put around but no man it's and it's not you can't you can't muscle it i fucking hated that shit um yeah it's it wasn't great. Listen, I've had you for an hour 45. Um, anyone who's watching and anyone who wants to follow you, and I don't know what the hell we're prepping for, um, but wants to follow you prepping, how do they watch you and how do they go to hold you? And you don't do coaching, do you? No, not at, not at the moment. I thought about thought about starting for a while. If I did, I would just take 
Probably a group of like 10 guinea pigs and Hi, see what man. happens. Sort of thing. <laughs> You'd be tough though because like, cause you got a full-time job and you train like crazy. Yeah, exactly. Might be easier now that I have a gym in my home though. So we'll see. But yeah, that? I'll be posting videos on Instagram, I think. And that's about it as far as following my training. Do you, do, you don't got YouTube or any, any kind of funny business like that? Ah, not yet. I've been working on some videos, but they're more diabetes and sport oriented. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. actually watched them and learned some shit from them. And I'm like, I've never been more into diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> actually, though, like it applies. Um, yeah, you learn things, man. And there's a lot of ignorance around it. Like people don't know. Like people... They don't know. They have no idea. It's uh, people who say being diabetic and doing insulin is an advantage. Anyone who's diabetic just wants to kick him in his teeth because yeah. it's so much more variability, and that's why it sucks. Because, I mean, if your blood sugar is not right on, then your performance is going down. And you, like, you will be, you'll be all right. Like, you'll live, like, a normal lifespan, or is it, or how does it look like when you got diabetes? Uh, it's projected about 15 to 20 years less than... Holy sugar! Than that most was, people, yeah. That's fucking crazy. I didn't realize that. Holy moly, and why is that? On average, just because, um, well, like any time, it's mostly it has to do with organ failure. So um, having higher levels of sugar in your blood, um, yeah, it just makes your heart, kidneys fail, and then plus... If your sugar ever sugars ever get too low, you can die mm. at a, any any point in time. But that can happen. You're probably, and then if you get sick, you have a higher risk of death too. So with COVID, um, there's a little bit of worry that the pneumonia might be more serious for type one diabetics and diabetics in general. But for for yourself, because you're like a tip of the spear athlete, because we're talking. I, so Jeff Becker is like an M two or whatever and he's diabetic and he's actually one of the dudes that when i first started powerlifting um years ago he's like one of my mentors and he's like a multiple time world champion in the masters so he's familiar with yourself and um he knows like all about the struggles of being a diabetic and whatnot he tells me he's like man you know how many people my age like have lost toes lost like like the health concerns they have he's like i have to lift weights and train and be healthy but as long as when you're in the kind of shape that you're in, you should be all right, right? Like the people who die 15 years younger are in a different boat or could it even happen to you and it doesn't, it's just like a flip of the coin type deal and it sometimes doesn't matter. Uh, sometimes it doesn't matter, but for the most part, living a healthier lifestyle and um, keeping active is going to make a huge difference yeah. in the long run. I would guess. Huge, huge, huge difference yeah. for sure. But it's just uber more important for you. Yeah, it is. It really is to keep things consistent, for sure. That's so important for someone who's diabetic. Well, at least like because you're a pharmacist and you know all this stuff, and you like obviously lift weights and you're athletic, so it's gonna like you got a hell of a, a manage on it. Because you, you man, the type of information you post up, you've had people reaching out to you who are diabetic and and like follow you for that, and not even because of powerlifting fans. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I follow other diabetics for that reason too. Yeah, it's no just a support thing. Um, I read, a, uh, yeah, it's just a, something you, you don't really, I mean, I could talk about it all day, but it doesn't really hit home unless you have to be in this situation. Mm -hmm. It's hard to 
hard to picture. Yeah, because it's your everyday. The everyday. It's everyday. Yeah, like there's no break from like I have to do an insulin injection every single day. I have to always be thinking about my blood sugar and calculating when I'm eating and um, everything like that all the time, constantly. There's no break from that. And the worst part about that is, is sometimes you can do all of that and your sugars will be good, but sometimes you can do all of that and your blood sugars still suck. So that's one thing that's hard about it. And actually when people, um, a lot of people, one of my pet peeves is that a lot of people message me and say, oh, wow, I wish I was naturally lean like that. I'm like, bro, get out of (laughs) here. If anyone had to watch their nutrition, like I have to just to survive. Yeah. they would be, and worked out like I do, they'd be pretty lean, too. Do people think that you just... You just people do. Up? They just they just, they just don't see the difference between what I do and what they do, and they just automatically assume that I take steroids, which I actually just got added to the registered testing pool. What, so that means... Like, a week ago. That means you always have to disclose your location every single day so they can come drug test you whenever. God, is that a pain in the ass. I know, especially when I work in a different city, but it's a part of the sport. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Um, but, yeah, it, it's crazy how some people, I have even, like, buddies who, we, we don't live the same lifestyle. I'm 40, they're 40, we've been boys since, like, high school, and they did, like, some weightlifting or whatever. But now that we're both, like, we're long out of high school now, and they look at me and they're like, come on, brother, you're on steroids, right? They're like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like... <laughs> No, man. They're like, bro, you got abs and you're 40 now. And I'm like, dude, he's like, he's like, I work out and I don't, this, that's not, that's, that's not realistic. And I'm like, man, we don't work out the same. We don't live, like, I track every single macro. Like I lift weights like six, seven days a week. Like, this, like you said, it's like, I don't wake up like this. It's not, yes. I don't pick up like this. It is. It's just like I'm <laughs> skating through life. And isn't it crazy when some people are like, yeah, I lift weights too and I don't got that. It's like, no, but you don't, it's not the same. You're not like a competitive power lifter and this is all we fucking do. And this is like our lives. It's lifting weights and tracking like, you know, calories in the whole night. It's different, man. You can't be a weekend warrior with it and think, well, how come? How come I don't got the same benefits? How come I'm not close? There's got to be something else to the story. It's like, there is. It's you're not doing nearly as much. You know what I mean? It's oh, yeah, 100%. Like, I don't just wake up like this at all. Yeah, I have a lot of people who just seem to think that I'm naturally lean or something. Actually, no, I'm naturally put on weight real easily. Like, really? I will bulk up if I don't watch it, like, so fast. Yeah. Well, I, that, I, how big are we talking? Oh, well, I don't know. The we... most I've ever weighed, I think, is about... I'm trying to do the math here in my brain. I think about 185 pounds, but like I didn't do it on purpose. Yeah, 185 pounds, you'd probably still jack though. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That would have been. I don't. I wasn't as lean as I liked for sure. I definitely don't <laughs> like being. I, like I, I know what you mean. you are like, you can tell I work out, but it's not. You know. Yeah. Well, like... I used to. Yeah, I used to weigh even like I. Even about five years ago, when I would weigh 170 pounds, I'd be kind of, I just, I don't know, you wouldn't be able to tell I lifted weights, just because I hadn't, I didn't have the kind of muscle on me that I do now. Yeah, well, I mean, that's It was just happened. kind of like a, a softer 170, for sure. Whereas if I weigh 170 pounds now, I'm like, oh, I'm tiny, kind of thing. <laughs> that's how I'm I feel. Tiny. I'm like, I'm skinny today. <laughs> well, I'm a tiny little thing. But the more you lift weights, because you're, how old are you right now, 25? 
Yeah. So when you're like 30, it's going to get tougher and tougher. You haven't peaked yet, which is crazy to think about at 565 total. But you haven't peaked yet. Like your peak muscularity, your peak central nervous system for strength is like going to be in your 30s. Hopefully. That'd be cool. Big. You are going to be, what are you, you're going to have to lose like fingers to make 72 kilo. Yeah. I'm thinking the ultimate goal I don't know when it's going to be, but I want to win Worlds as a 72. And after that, I can move up to 84 and be happy. Yeah. Because I should be an 84 by now. I should. It, it, so it isn't going to be like a dynasty at 72. You're like, let me hit it once. One time. And then I got to quit cutting weight because it's bad. But then my goal would be to be see as muscular and lean as I could get at 84. That's yeah. a cool goal. Yeah, you're not dirty Vulcan. No, definitely not. And the, the sad thing is, is that I just see my weight just seems to drift. My weight just seems to drift up more and more and more if I'm not super, super careful. Like, like I'm not going to see you in a, in, a, in a Gucci hoodie in the hotel lobby. No, you're not going to see me stop off in a scooter from moving when I step on it. <laughs> and I'll be like, Jessica? Probably see me jogging a little bit less. That's, that's after you hit 72. It's a sad story. Shit changes. But it, it does, um, the, the good thing about the 72s, it is like crazy competitive. And if you win, you are beating like probably the greatest of all time in Kimberly Walford. I look at it, let me, let me say, I think you were definitely the favorite going into the 72s. There's travel, there's all these different aspects, whatnot. But you're, I think you're probably the person to beat. And I don't think that's a biased opinion. 565 is 20 kilo more. But it's now a game of, if they don't hurry up with this flipping world championships and it's still 2021, it's like, God damn, you're going to get, you know, more and more muscular. It's going to get harder and harder to hit that 72 kilo. Yeah. It's going to be really, I don't know if I would consider myself. I don't think I'd consider myself a favorite just because I know that I'm going to have to, it's going to be hard to zone in and try and lose weight again. And um, I do have a place to lift at home, but it's not the same as lifting in a gym. But you know, like Kim lifts, she has her own amazing setup. Oh, yeah. And that's where so she's, she's not going to be hindered by this at all. And that's where she's always been. This is comfortable for her. This is normal for her. She's not out of her schedule. She's not out of her element. She's not changing anything. This is where she's won however many world titles. So, yeah. The only thing is, um, like, I do you think it's easier to look at it like, I get it, I hit 565, but I'm still the underdog, and I'm still, she's still Kimberly Walford, and she's, she's never lost. She's never lost the Worlds. She's never lost the Nationals. Let her carry the favorite. Let her carry the dynasty. Let her carry the pressure. And then I'll just do what I do when I show up. Is it easier to look at it like that? To not get into it? cutting out a little bit. Okay. Let me know if I'm... Am I back in now? Yeah, you're good. I, you know what? I think, Kim, yeah, going into it, in my brain, she's one of the favorites. And actually, same with... um. um Alexandria. Who's that? Sir? Oh, Angelina. Angelina. Always, I think from Russia. Angelina. Angelina from Russia. Yes, yeah. I think she's actually. I would put her and Kim up there because Angelina never posts her training either. Yeah. She kind of drives me nuts. Yeah. I want to see what she's doing. You know what? But I feel like she has a place to train right now too. Does she? See, I don't. I think so. But I think she does. She. Yeah, she's sneaky. You gotta keep an eye on her. See, she. When she did what she did in Europe, because like at Worlds, 
um, she was in the hunt, but she was just slightly below the upper tier like you guys, but it was so tight, it wasn't like she was way off. But everything moved smoothly. Then at the Europeans, it was like, holy, she broke a world record, first off. And because um, Anna Rosa Castellane, I mean, man, there's so many lions in the 72. So Anna Rosa. I know. Right? So Anna Rosa broke the world record at the Pan Am Championships. Then the European Championships, Angelina did. But Anna Rosa broke it, both the equipped and the raw, in the same weekend. So it's like, what the shit? And then Angelina came, and it moved very smoothly. 540, whatever the heck. was like everything moved like second attempters. And everybody's like, okay, well, we don't know where her cap is at. She's probably, if she had five, 10 more kilo in her, that was November range. Where is she at now? Is she now 560-something? Then you come, kick 565 in the teeth, and, and, it's, and it's, um, it's, yeah, I don't, I think it's hard to, so when I was on the podcast with those two American coaches, I was obviously like, I think just because, you know, the one. Oh, yeah, I, they, I, I listened to that podcast. But they were, but they were like, settle, settle, fuck down. And they were trying to, and I was like, all right, look, and I'm not saying wrap the gold around the neck, but yeah, it is, it is tight because I don't know where Angelina is and she's not posting. And truth be told, she was shooting me videos leading into Europeans to repost and I haven't heard from her for a hot minute. So I don't know what she's at. If she's, I mean, we don't have a competition we'll learn around, but. I'm keeping my eyes out for her. <laughs> yeah, I would say, yeah, her and Kim for sure. And then, of course, Isabella's always in there. Like, she she has her own home setup, too, I think. And then, um, yeah, just this is a deep field for sure. And, Isabel- and then um, there's a Swedish girl, too, another Swedish girl, um, Ida. Ron. Ida. Yeah, Ron, yeah. Ron. She's a little lion, too. She's a lioness. I, she's got the heart of a lion. When in Sweden... For the um, junior worlds, when her and Chloe Dublin, you're you're all Chloe Dublin is another one, yeah. <laughs> and she's, yeah, another one. And um, Ida and her went toe to toe for the world championships. And Ida, she straight up missed her second deadlift, and then came out for her third and had to increase it. And she missed her second deadlift on strength. Chloe Dublin hit her third deadlift, and it's like, well, that's probably a wrap because Ida just missed her second. Came out and like had a crazy scrap for her deadlift. And we were all like, oh, I was commentating for that one. And it was like, holy shit. And it was in Sweden. She's Swedish. Won the world championships. It's like a good story. Um, yeah, fudge, man. There was, and, then, and then Jasmine Penn from the U.S. Who's... Oh, yeah. That's she's true. She's another one. Holy smokes, Jessica. What the fuck? This is going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. So I wouldn't say anyone has it under wraps at all. It's going to be a fight again. And it's going to depend who has gym access to, although I think everyone does. I'm pretty sure. Um, Isabella hasn't been posting nearly as much, but I think that's more just fatigue from the social media and kind of not feeling that. Do you ever get like that too? Yeah, I think so too. Do you feel like that where you're like, you know what? Because you're on social media a lot. you got a big following. But are you ever like... Do you ever get social media fatigue? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm just like, I don't know what to post anymore. <laughs> what do you people want to see? What do you people want to see? <laughs> I just don't get act, sick. Yeah. I'm like, do I want to post another deathless video? Like, who cares? I don't know. Don't, I do get sick of it. Don't leave it up to the people, Jeff. Don't ask that question. You're going to get some weird shit. 
But yeah, that's true. I should never ask that. That's the real number one. That is. Been asking weird shit lately. I can. I absolutely guarantee there's some weird people out there. Um, but yeah. Anyways, all right. So for real, we're at two hours now. I actually. Am okay. I'm supposed to meet um Paul, who did like a lot of co-hosting for a walk. This is like our. Yeah. This is like our bromance walking. We do we do every day. To keep oh, somewhat normal. That's really cute. But he's probably at the park. Like, what's up, man? You know, who, who, who are you online talking to right now that you leave me hanging like this? But um, it is what it is. He'll let me stay. Tell him I say hi and I'll, yeah. I will. I'll, I yeah, hope yeah. you guys have a really cute romantic walk together. <laughs> so, so, social distance away though, Jessica. Six feet. Of course. Hey, those rules can't stop us. I'll pay that fine twice. You know what I'm saying? If I can, if I can, <laughs> I'll pay that fine twice if I can go for my walks with Paul. But, uh, but anyways, all right, listen, thank you for your time. Keep in touch as always, um, and yeah, man. I mean, we'll play it by ear. Whenever something pops up, yep. we'll have you on again, and we'll talk. Cool, awesome talking to you. See you later, Jessica. See you later, Ryan. There, there it is. Hope you liked it. Your boy is gonna. Uh, I gotta smash some food real quick. I got some deadlifts. I got my walk with my man Paul. So there it is, Jessica Bittner. If you're listening, if you're watching, please. Subscribe to this on whatever platform you're watching or listening. Give us high ratings. Take clips of it. Throw it up into your story. I will repost. Very much appreciated. From Six Pack Lapidat. Peace.